right, everybody, welcome to episode 11 of the Super House Podcast. I'm Andrew, coming in from Los Angeles. This is James from Los Angeles. Joey. <laughs> Joey, I'm in Cleveland. Jonathan is before me, but hey, I'm still in Cleveland. Oh, I am? Johnson. Go ahead. Oh. Hey, this is Johnson from Riga. <laughs> That's in Latvia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Maddie. Uh, is it, oh, I'm Maddie, and uh, I'm in Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> we are the most professional podcast there is, <laughs> and this week we have a girl at Super House. Welcome Ooh. everybody hey. to welcome Yukiko to everybody. Chris, welcome. Hey. Welcome Yukiko was a or still is a friend from the Super House days and even from the Duffy House days. That was the prequel to Super House. So uh, it's true. She <laughs> is here. Um, she, as you can probably tell from her name, she is. Japanese by, um, I guess, ancestry, but she... By passport? By passport. <laughs> but Perfect culturally, opinion. culturally kind of all over the place, and that's kind of why she's here. She wanted to, we wanted to talk to her a little bit about what it's like to be a third culture kid. Yep, that's the term that only third culture kids know and nobody else knows, and that's the only way to, <laughs> to kind of define ourselves, I guess. I'm learning something. Yeah, so can you explain what that is exactly? Yeah, so um, there's many different definitions, but the one I like to go by is from this book called Third Culture Kids Growing Up Among Worlds by David C. Pollock. And that's kind of known to be like the Bible of Third Culture Kid. It's like one of the first study that was done on it. So uh, in here it says Third Culture Kids, or TCK for short, are children who spend a significant period of their developmental years in a culture outside their parents' passport cultures. So okay. that's pretty broad. That could mean, you know, so many different things. Um, but in my case, should I just kind of go over my cultural history? I guess? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's run through that real quick. Okay, so I was born in Japan. My parents are both Japanese, uh, like always have been living in Japan and all that. But when I was two or three my dad uh he used to work for panasonic so he got moved around quite a bit and when i was two i moved to kuala lumpur malaysia so this mm -hmm. is before i even remember moving or anything and i lived there for about four years and then i moved back to japan for a couple years went to regular public school for first grade second grade and halfway of uh, third grade and then i moved to new delhi india lived there for two and a half years and then to Taipei, Taiwan for three years, and then to Bangkok for high school for four years. And then after that, I went to Savannah, Georgia, of all places, and met you guys. So. <laughs> and right now, I live in Vancouver, Canada, and that's pretty much it. Okay, so why third? Like, what's the deal with that? Like, you're from Japan, and you go to, like, let's say, Thailand. That's mm -hmm. only two. So right, yeah. Why, so there's why third? There's a little bit of debate with that term because just because third culture sounds also like third world. So a lot yeah. of people associate mm. that those two, but it's not related at all. So the first culture is my parents' culture, so Japan. And the second culture is, say I live in Thailand, so that's the second. And the third is this new culture that's not really, doesn't really belong to any country. So like in my instance, I grew up going to international schools with people from different backgrounds and different uh, ah the third culture origins. comes from the the culture within that particular exactly exactly community. that's like the undefinable kind of mm. culture i guess and how does um, that differ from every 
everybody else. Everybody else meaning like you the guys first or? and second cultures. Uh, I think it's not so much different, but it's just more like a little bit of sampling of everything. Like I would have a friend from Finland and a friend from Australia and a friend from Zimbabwe, and they're all different, but they all kind of we all get along. Especially when you're a kid, you don't really think about different backgrounds or different religion or stuff like that. You just become friends naturally, right? So right. I think what's what's always so weird that we have to get used to is that you speak english natively in a perfectly american accent yeah but you did not grow up in america exactly that whatsoever was, um... so it it's just like it's such like it's cognitive dissonance kind of yeah yeah i got asked that a lot my first week at scat actually a lot of people were just like oh so where are you from and again i hate that question because like, it's never a one-word answer but i was yeah. for the simplicity's sake i was like oh you know japan or like thailand or whatever and they're like, oh, so how long have you been living in the States? And I'll be like, uh, like three days. <laughs> and they're just like, whoa, like, how did your English get so good? And I'll always be like, well, first of all, it's speak English well, not speak English well. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I just happen to have gone to English speaking international schools with usually like British or American curriculum. But there's a lot of uh, TCKs who grew up going to like French school or German school, so it's not necessarily that uh, all TCK speak English fluently. It's just more common than others, I guess. I might be jumping the gun here a little bit, but like, did you have culture shock when you first moved to Savannah? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like um, what? The smell? Yeah. <laughs> Other than that. The smell for sure. I mean, it was kind of a different jump. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's hard to de determine what was like an American culture shock and what was like the culture shock of being in college. Okay. And then like the dorm life. Because I think everyone, regardless of, you know, whether you moved from within Georgia or whatever, it's you kind of go through that. Yeah. Um, what I found bizarre was that a lot of American people I spoke to just uh, were surprised at very weird things. <laughs> weird to me, but like I know I'm the kind of the weird, weird one here, but... For example, they'll be like, oh, you know, this, this cereal, like Captain Crunch or something. And I'll be like, oh, what's Captain Crunch? And they're like, what? Like, you don't have Captain Crunch? <laughs> Little things like that. I'm just like, no, like, people don't really eat cereal outside of the States. Like, yeah. Really? <laughs> or like, they do, but it might be a different brand, you know? Just kind of weird assumption that uh, American culture's Everywhere. infiltrated. Yeah, like, yeah. There's definitely well, a truth to that in terms of movies and pop music and stuff. But I think it's hard for Americans to know where the line is drawn because if you mention Michael Jackson, yeah. everybody, even in the deepest, darkest Amazons, probably know who the fuck that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, like you, like Captain Crunch, like, people don't know what that is. So it's like, how do you know what part of American culture is seeped into where? Exactly. Plus, yeah. with English, like you're you're speaking with no accent whatsoever. So that is like. Uh, you know, it's confusing, I think, to people at first. Totally. And that's kind of um, my been always been my weird thing. Like, like the first introduction is like where you're from, no matter who you're meeting. And I always give kind of like a weird, vague answer because I don't feel like getting into the whole, oh, Israel's here. Hey. You made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I try not to get into uh, the specifics because it ends up being like a whole essay and like a Q&A <laughs> section. And not that I mind that, like, I'm happy to talk about it, but I feel weird monopolizing the conversation in that sense. And there's no way to speak about it without seeming a little bit like, oh, like I'm more cultured or 
like, ooh, I've seen the world or something. Like, even if that's not my intention at all, a lot of people kind of get that vibe from me, I guess, or I don't know yeah. if that's just me, me being paranoid or what, but. And I remember you, you had mentioned because, uh, this dude you were dating in college, uh, he was what from Austria and you guys had, I remember well, you guys had yeah. a conversation about how Americans would often just start eating without waiting for everybody else. Yeah, that was, <laughs> um, so the guy I was dating in college, he was uh, American, but spent his life in Austria since like age five or something. So he was, you know, had the same deal, went to international schools and whatnot. And uh, we noticed that whenever we went out to eat with friends, and this is a blanket statement, it's not every single person, but yeah. more often than not, people start eating as soon as their food arrived instead of waiting for everybody else's food to arrive. Yeah. Um, so little things like that would kind of throw us off and, you know, it doesn't necessarily make you guys more rude than others, but it's just a different sense of manners, I guess. Personally, I think that is a little bit off. I, I, I don't, I think I'd usually wait, but I don't know. I guess it's not across the board. I think I'm pretty bad about doing that. As <laughs> my food gets here, I'm like, I start, just start digging in. And I'm looking around, like, everybody, it, it, other people has their food, but yeah, not yeah. eating. I'm like, oh. Well, man, I think it's man. also the, the, like, a, a good manner for the person who didn't get their food served to just be like, oh, hey, you have hot food. Go ahead. Why don't you start? You know? I like, had this, yeah. I, my, personally, I had this, like, a kind of extreme case in Japan where, I went to like this nomikai at a karaoke place, mm -hmm. and my coworkers ordered a bunch of. I guess it was karaoke with food yeah, and yeah. drinks, and I don't know if I had some bad sushi the night before or what, but oh, no. like my stomach was messed up, so Yikes. I, I was in the bathroom for like easily fifteen twenty minutes. I come back, <laughs> they had been waiting the whole time. Oh for no! Me. Now they all know you took a shit and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was it was unbelievable. I think even that's a little bit of an extreme case in Japan, but that's yeah, what they did. Yeah, were you the only gaijin there? Uh, there might have been one or two. It was like an English teacher thing. I but see, I see. Yeah. Like they were they were all there too, but I my I, I, you know I wasn't feeling too well that day and. <laughs> <laughs> I was indisposed for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think there's definitely a line. Like, it's not like an absolute rule, but I think it's uh, just a general awareness of your surroundings and what other people are doing instead of what's just served to you. I think also, like, not starting at the same time. That's like, I think that's like, should be a given anywhere you are. But what's really strange for Westerners in Japan is like everybody ordering all kinds of shit and then everybody shares yeah like yeah. no no meal is yours yeah and then you all split the the bill right and like i i actually like that sometimes but there are times where i was like fuck can i can this just be mine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah i um, think that's any... just like an asian style of eating not just japan's yeah and it depends on the kind of restaurant you go to as well. Whoa, got some music. Okay. Um, yeah. Did you have any other kinds of culture shock? I'm, I'm sure there's a lot. Oh, man. I've been in Vancouver for a while, so it's a little bit hard to um, dial back to where I was. What, what else were you talking about? Do you remember? Um, let's see. Or if anybody else has, like, questions yeah, you guys, or... Questions yeah. for TCKs? Uh, any order in particular or uh just anything that pops in your head yeah uh well i was curious because i moved around a lot and yeah like, yeah 
when I was first born, I was like a toddler. My family moved to Berlin. We were there for four years. Uh, I'm just, I, well, yeah, what I'm getting at, how long do you have to be outside of your culture to be uh, TCK? I mean, I think technically you're TCK and it's more about, see, see that's the, like the thing about this vague definition. It's so open-ended that it's what you make it mean, sort of. Yeah. Um, like in my case, I lived in quite a number of countries, but uh, you know, it doesn't have to be that you move every few years. You can sure be in one place for a long time or just be one place and go back to your passport culture. But I think it's more about how you identify. Like, for example, I don't really feel Japanese, as you can probably tell from yeah. having hang, hung out with me. Like, I don't have kind of their sensibility or their mannerisms. I don't giggle with my, my hands over my mouth and stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, if someone's just like, oh, you're so not Japanese, that kind of offends me also because sure. there is a part of me that feels Japanese. So it's like the, I don't know, always kind of conflicted. And I think that um, to me, the biggest part is not feeling any sense of ownership over any culture, whether it's Japan or Thailand or India or wherever else. Like, yeah, there's things I know about having lived there as a kid, but I don't feel fully anything to be like, yes, I'm fully Indian, ask me anything about India or oh, I'm right. fully Japanese, ask me anything, you know, like it's just being constantly conflicted. Like one day I'll feel more one nationality than the other, I guess, or it depends mm. on who I'm talking to and all that. It's a yeah. kind of identity crisis. I mean, exactly. and, Andrew, how do you feel when somebody's like, oh, you're so not American? Doesn't that feel strange? Uh, depends. Like, what I got a lot in Japan, they're like, you're from England, right? Like, they think <laughs> yeah. I'm Euro European. And Johnson I got that too. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know where that comes from, because I'm from the South, which is America Turbo. Well, it's because you're not wearing, like, cargo shorts and flip-flops. That's why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Yukiko, actually, I have a question. Do you yeah. think, um, this has probably changed, actually, because of, of the internet, but, uh, Moving around so much, do you think that part of the reason you're into pop culture is because, I mean, one thing, it was it was bigger and it was kind of like a way to have things in common? Totally, yeah. Around? Yeah, it's like a nice constant, I guess. Um, it's definitely, you know, not like a conscious choice I made. I, it was just a matter of being 10 years old and turning on MTV India and watching <laughs> Backstreet Boys and being just like, oh my god, this is the greatest thing ever, you know? So it's, <laughs> it definitely happened organically, but I can see that being... Uh, like the reason I'm really into pop culture, just having a common ground uh, to talk about with my fellow classmates, because you know no one's gonna talk about like a show from Japan that I watch. Like they want to talk about Friends or Sex in the City or you know something that like everyone else has seen. But not Captain Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does that kind of yeah. answer your question? Yeah, I was just I was just curious about it. I mean, I think that kind of stuff that pop culture crosses international lines pretty easily mm -hmm. or at least yeah. especially used to when uh you know there was just less choice totally yeah sorry guys i'm a yeah. little unprepared i didn't realize there was an agenda <laughs> no yeah. you're all right do you have your headphones in though yeah my headphones are on okay just got a little bit of feedback <laughs> But back, sorry, to just to add to that um, answer, I think it's also the fact that I was very much learning English uh, as I grew up like this. Like, I had an accent 
probably till I don't know sometime like late elementary school and even after after that like my vocabulary wasn't very great and I didn't feel as comfortable so being exposed to you know English speaking songs or movies or TV shows and learning little slangs here and there that's kind of beneficial when you're learning any language so that might be another reason to immerse yourself into that interesting interesting <laughs> <laughs> Do you get do you get back to KL a lot? I love Kuala Lumpur. Oh yeah, I haven't been back since like high school, so uh, like more than ten years. Shit. Yeah. But yeah, it's a nice city. It's kind of like a nice mix of all the the countries I lived in too. There's that like yeah. Muslim influence and Chinese influence, and I don't is, know. Is there a particular a country you feel closest to? Yeah. Oh, that's another question that like I'm always stumped whenever I get asked because I live in those places in different points of my life. So, you know, like India or KL were great, but I was too young to kind of venture out on my own. So it's only in like middle school when I started going out about and hanging out with my group of friends and stuff. So like at SCAD, you seemed very attached to Thailand. But I guess yeah. that was the most recent for you at the time. Definitely. And I think it's the fact that I spent my high school years there. So right. And Bangkok's pretty uh, a good place to be when you're a high school kid. Just want to <laughs> party and be ridiculous. And I also moved back to Bangkok in my adult years uh, from 2009 till 2012. Um, just right. working and stuff. Which was an interesting, like, complete different experience than when my dad's company was sponsoring me because i had to do the visa myself i had to get the job and get the apartment and all that kind of stuff like set up my whole life there so it was uh, kind of an interesting um i guess a gap between the, my privileged tck life of your dad's company paying for everything versus like actually being there on your own you were uh, you were just back there pretty recently for like a wedding right yeah i was there last summer also so yeah, I would say, I usually say Bangkok is my hometown just because I lived there the longest, um, like seven years total, I guess, which is the longest I've been in one place. But the longest I've been in one place um, all at once was Savannah, actually. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. You guys mentioned KL. What is KL? Kuala Lumpur. Okay. Malaysia. Gotcha. It's pretty amazing. I mean, Yukiko, I'd be interested to hear your opinion of this but um i was just in bangkok a couple months ago and prior to that i hadn't been there since i went with you that summer so almost like 10 years oh yeah yeah and uh it just seems like no matter which global city i'm in now like the same franchises are are have way more of a presence uh um, oh yeah and you, you don't have to like like Dunkin Donuts. I, I'm sure. I'm sure part of it is getting older, you know, too. But it it doesn't have that insane sense of like, oh my God, I'm in this wild city. It it feels like you can just you know get on the subway and use your Google Maps and yeah, um, you have all the same platforms everywhere. And and I was amazed by how like hipster Bangkok had become. Oh, totally. Yeah. Word. Yeah, no, like, there's so little there. All the coffee shops with like wood and and you know Edison light bulbs and stuff. That stuff is taking over the entire world. I yeah, mean, and I, can't and I wonder if mm. that's because of the internet. Because um, the wedding that I went to, my friend's wedding, for that uh, this past July. I mean, she's an international kid too. She's a TCK as well, so that's definitely part of it. But 
her wedding was definitely had that Pinterest inspired vibe, you know, with like, <laughs> like the mason jars and kind of like a garden and with like a handwritten sign and all that. Um, you know, those Pinterest weddings, like you guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Negative. It's uh, like women try to do like a DIY wedding. And so they post their um, ideas on Pinterest. Just imagine wow. like, like 500 days of summer and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, just like crafty, like hipsterish look. So I can see that kind of idea spreading way faster because of stuff like Pinterest. Yeah, globalization is definitely like at peak levels now, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And you got Airbnb, which is like, I think is huge with like super cheap places to stay now, too. So, yeah. It is the easy, it's so, it's easy it's ever been. It's so crazy. Sometimes I can't, yeah, I, I can't tell the difference if I'm in a certain establishment, what world city I'm in. Yeah, and I think that's why it's important to venture out to not necessarily rural areas, but just out of the major city to explore and see what's unique to that land. Because, yeah, like Bangkok looks just like Singapore, which looks just like KL. Like they're all kind of the same after a while. Were you kind of weirded out seeing Americans that had never been outside of America? Uh, not really, because I knew that like I was already like in a uh, like a special group of people, I guess. Yeah. And I have met people in Japan who've never left their town or whatever. Also. Right. Um, I think what weirded me out was whenever people introduced me as like, "Oh, hey, meet my Japanese friend Yukiko." Yeah. Like, well, yeah. you know. It, Instead of just being like, meet my friend Yukiko, first of all, my name is pretty Japanese, so that's kind of self-explanatory, and like, I look <laughs> Japanese and everything. But like, they were, it's almost like they were, they wanted people to know that they had a Japanese friend or something, and so I don't know, every once in a while it felt a little bit weird, like I was just uh, like a novelty item. Ah, uh, yeah, that's... You know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that, like, people never leaving their hometown, because... Uh... If you remember Ayumi, she had her her friends had just gotten married or something from I guess Gifu, mm -hmm. and they were in Tokyo and they were just wild eyed. It's their first time in Tokyo and they're like twenty nine. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people like that, like within Japan or anywhere else. Just like I've never flown on a plane before. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's not I mean, just... how many Americans have been to New York City, right? Like, yeah, not many. The the surprising thing was that. It's getting to New York City, if you live in California, is, is I guess, quite different. You can't, you know, just hop on a train. Um, so it was surprising to me. I, I feel like even if you're from a pretty small town outside of L.A., you've probably been to L.A. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Um, like, I I've haven't even seen the Statue of Liberty yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel kind of bad about that being an American, but... Have you been in New York City, Andrew, at all? I was in New York City for a single day whenever I helped Mark move into Williamsburg in Brooklyn, right when we were graduating college. Oh, wow. And well, you know what? What do you mean by see the Statue of Liberty? You mean, like, go to it? Yeah, actually, I haven't seen it in person. I've only seen pictures. Has anybody? Well, I mean, you can see it from, like, Battery Park, right? Yeah, I, I I've, I've been to it. Actually, like, took a ferry to it. I've, oh really? I've never. It never occurred to me, even actually, to like go to it. I feel like a bad American now too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, was, I feel I was, like I should at least see it with my own eyes once, and then move on somewhere else. I, but. I went uh, twice in high school for like a art class trip, and um, I think the first time we went, 
we took a ferry to the, the Statue of Liberty. Uh, we didn't go inside. I think there was like a long line, so we just kind of like walked around like the perimeter and took pictures and stuff and headed back. Yeah, I mean, there's. I'm sorry if I'm sidetracking the conversation here. I didn't go ahead. Look at the show notes. Oh, I'm just I'm just <laughs> saying there's so many kind of amazing things that uh, you just take for granted in the world in general. I'm not talking about America. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think that's kind of like what um, Johnson was saying in a different episode about not sightseeing in your own city, your own country, when you yeah. know it's there. Like, you know, like you, you right. probably didn't go to the Statue of Liberty, Andrew, because you knew that you would probably be back in New York at some point. But if you were in like Latvia, you know, like visiting Johnson, you probably don't want to miss on whatever people have in Latvia. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. It's like going to Tokyo being my first like big, big trip in my life. Yeah. It's like going to New York didn't feel like a priority after that. <laughs> you know, like I'd seen Shibuya cross, I, you know, the scramble in Shibuya before I saw Times Square. Yeah. So um, when I saw Times Square, it was like, oh, this is like Shibuya, <laughs> yeah. but in English. Um. But yeah, New York was was pretty cool, but I prefer living in California. So, uh, any closing remarks, anybody? Any last questions about third culture kids? Uh, anything? I mean, do you think that TCK is a label that's uh, essentially like millennials? It, it's incredibly inexact and yeah. and hard to describe what it actually is. Exactly. It's it's not only hard to describe, but it's yeah, it's different for everyone, and it's also nobody knows it. Like, if I just went up to you guys, like, hey, I'm a TCK, you don't know that unless you yourself are a TCK or you knew someone close to you that was a TCK. They'll just be like, what? Like, TC what? What are you talking about? So I think it's just the, the lack of awareness um, of what we are or the fact that we exist. I mean, that's an incredibly uh, small yeah. subgroup of people, yeah. I think. <laughs> exactly. Like, you're the first, and I think the only to this day that I've met that's like that. Right, yeah. Like, I've met people like Johnson that were army brats, like even Bowditch, you know, army brat, yeah. and some other people in my life, but, mm -hmm. like, actual third world kid, like, uh, not third world, <laughs> third culture kid. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, you're the, you're the first and only so far. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think most people just kind of... It takes a little few days to wrap their heads around, head around, and and but but by the time they wrap their head around, like they don't know whether to keep asking questions about it. And I prefer to get asked about it. Um, uh, I mean, I yeah. think that culture can only only get bigger and bigger, especially if uh, all these people have babies. It's getting <laughs> yeah. more and more common to work overseas. Yeah, totally. And remote working and shit becomes yeah. probably bigger and bigger as well. <clears throat> that the way that everyone is just connected nowadays. Like for you, that label is from I guess the era in which you grew up in. Like even with Johnson and Bowditch, like they were army kids that like grew up, but they were on a base, so it's like that's what they I was were gonna say. In their own little yeah culture, they're separate yeah. from the, the actual cult culture. Yeah. So that made them different. But yeah, we were around Americans all the time still. Right. Yeah, but yeah, as you're saying, like nowadays with you know you know remote working and like people and like ever just going anywhere is definitely seems to be a lot more common with people, and so it's just like I guess they don't even think to call themselves that nowadays. 
Like, even though they could be, like, living yeah. in several different countries over uh, a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Sound like someone just opened a beer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's Maddie. It's just, so, it's just soda. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no, but for real, so I, did, I didn't have time to get beer. <laughs> I'm kind of light today myself. Hey, before you go, Yukiko, do you have any questions for us? If you don't, that's okay. Oh, shit, I should have prepared something, um... <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of springing this on you, but I like to give the uh, interviewee uh, time to ask questions, too. Uh... Yeah, Yukiko, I, don't know. I like all your illustrations you've been doing recently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say yeah. that, Maddie. Yeah. 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 Awesome. I look forward yeah. to them when I get on Instagram. I'm like, oh, what's going on in Yukiko's life? I get to see the drawing of it. Time to plug. Time to plug, Yukiko. Yeah. Um, well, you can check me out on Facebook or Instagram or my website at yukikodraws.com. Awesome. And your Instagram is Yukiko Draws or what? Yeah, exactly. Same with Facebook. Okay, so all across social media, you're Yukiko Draws. All right, yeah, so cool. That's Y-U-K-I-K-O-D-R-A-W-S. Awesome. All right. Well, all right. I guess that we can close out the you know this section yeah so if you guys have more questions or thoughts or anything um later like i'll be happy to join again and expand on anything that wasn't clear so or you know cool. one of our 10 listeners if you want to uh, <laughs> if you want to ask on twitter or facebook or whatever the fuck uh feel free to do that i'll see i'll see what brett thinks next time i talk to him <laughs> yeah you yeah. can go as i mean uh you can go uh, brett has listened to a couple of these Oh, nice. Yeah. I'll have to get him on here at some point. All right, cool. So are you signing off, Yukiko? Or... Yeah, it was nice talking to you guys, but I'll yeah. uh, definitely like to chat again. So. Nice awesome. Cool. Yeah, good talking to you. All yeah. right, have a good one. Bye. See you. It's time for Maddie's favorite section, Johnson's, oh, no. Johnson's Journeys oh, or yes. Sex Position. <laughs> I'd like Johnson to take it away. All right. Uh, I wish Yukiko had stayed on because I actually have one that involves uh, her birthday party when I went to Baycock. Uh, I think she, she doesn't want to stay on for this one. No, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but I, I feel like I should talk about the, the show last night because I just found out Friday night that Cannibal Corpse was here in Riga, of all places. <laughs> Hey, and, uh, metal bands love playing in foreign countries, dude. They don't play in the States that much. Oh, dude, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm connecting with my Viking, Viking pagan roots here or something. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I saw a we, we were out with two friends. Um, my girlfriend, my fiance, whatever. Her. Wait, what? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize there a, qu a question had been popped. <laughs> and yeah. there was a reply, not a... Uh, not, not Johnson, really. did you get down on bended knee? No, no, Did I didn't, you say uh, the full name? I was pretty much like, yo, if you want me to stay and pay rent, we gotta get married. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know no. what? I, I don't think you are, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we're, we're like, uh, I don't know, we're like pre-engaged. It, it wasn't like... Did you propose a cannibal corpse? Because that might be no. the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. No, I wish. I wish. She didn't come with. 
it it's not her scene anymore. That was my other when you were gonna start if we were gonna talk about Cannibal Corpse. I was like, did she go with you? Like, who is yeah, this no. woman that wants to go see Cannibal Corpse? Because I don't I, know. I wish. <laughs> no, her friend was all about it. Her friend was the one that uh, her and her boyfriend. They were like, that's the thing. When we were out Friday, I saw a poster, and it was like for Saturday night. And I was like, oh, holy shit, that's Cannibal Corpse. They're here tomorrow, and she, they were like. Oh yeah, we're going. You want to go? I was like, uh, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they sent me the link, and you know, I bought a ticket. It was like thirty bucks, and that's not bad. Off to Cannibal Corpse, man. It was awesome. That's like, awesome. people were really into it. There's like some serious metalheads here. Uh, I was telling Andrew there was like this blonde chick that somebody needed to be there to hit on. Uh, this chick was like. She's an opera singer, but she oh, wow. also does metal. And I like saw a video that she was in on her Facebook, like totally cool, totally hot. Like, man, somebody <laughs> needed to be there <laughs> to secure that. <laughs> you were praying to the super house gods. I, I, I just, it was just a wasted opportunity, you know? It was just she like, I win, couldn't. Man. Opera I did on the, uh, on the oh, you did? on the on the message thing, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so missed op for sure. <laughs> so there's no sex well, story sorry, involved with this or what? What yeah, the Cannibal Corpse show? No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is going on, Matthew? Matt just talks about his his uh, conquest. Sex capades. <laughs> yeah. We Traveling sex capades. <laughs> they pressured me into it. Like I didn't. It's interesting. Pressure you. You're ready to talk about it. Don't even pretend. <laughs> you love this shit. You mentioned about a hostile situation before, didn't you? You were at a hostel. Oh, in Fukuoka? Let's hear about it, Johnson. A oh, hostile, God. Hostile situation? Uh, at a hostel. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, God, where do I even begin on that one? Uh, so I was down there probably doing one of my visa runs. <laughs> and... Um, so I go to this hostel in Fukuoka. It's middle of summer, so it's like that city is like an, a microwave in the summer. Yeah. I'm like just sweating like a fucking monster. <laughs> uh, I mean, that doesn't really have anything to do with the story. That's just <laughs> it's just Japan in the summer. Uh, so yeah, it's at this hostel, and. Um, there's not much to the story, really. There's, there's not like, there's no big you like crazy. You had a crazy... hostel, then you bang some chick in the shower, or what the fuck happened? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I was upstairs in the common area. I met. There were these Swedish guys that I'd met, and we were just drinking. And then there was like these two young girls that came in, two American girls. They were there, they were part of some like gymnast competition. So they were gymnasts. <laughs> yeah. And they were like 20 or 19 or I don't know. <laughs> Go on. Uh, we, we were all talking and hanging out. <laughs> They're like doing some moves, like showing us some like backbends and shit. And uh, I mean, I noticed this one like was, you know, paying me mind and <laughs> so we were we were talking and she comes and sits closer and we're talking everybody's drinking and uh so the one girl's like you know you want to go have a smoke outside i was like sure yeah 
So we go outside, we're sitting in the front, like right in front of the road, smoke our cigarette. The minute we finish our cigarette, she, like her face changes, she turns towards me and it's like, I was like, oh yeah, something's gonna go down. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like on the street, this girl like jumps on top of me, we're making out. Uh, then she's like dry humping me and I, I see like this car go by this woman She's like trying not to look. I mean, she's probably thinking like these fucking Americans are heathens <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, It's yeah, it's kind of embarrassing now, but um, okay uh, So yeah, so um, Yeah, I was like, you know, we're at, this is a hostel. I don't have my own room. I was like uh, but there are showers here. And she was like, okay. <laughs> so, wow. so, you know, we go in the showers, lock the door. and I had a little bit of sake dick for a bit, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, let me tell you, a 19-year-old body will hear that yeah. real quick. Wait. <laughs> sake yeah. dick, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to title this episode Sake Dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but don't worry. It was quickly cured. It was, you know. Wait, what was the nationality of this chick again? Oh, she was American. Oh, American. All right. Yeah. Wow. Little redhead bangs, long hair. Cute. Did you ever have a re-up or no? Oh, no. I never heard from that. No, we didn't even exchange Facebook or anything. It was just like. Wow. Wham bam, thank you, ma'am. Wow. One and done. <laughs> One and done. <laughs> Maddie, what do you think about this? That's a pretty good one. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I like a little more romance in my story. A little. <laughs> I'm not your guy for romance. I'm sorry. I, uh, I got to like get better about play. that. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Hey, four plays okay, but like the whole like flowers and wine and shit, you know. Yeah, you're just proposing to chicks for visas. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Romance. Mm. I know. I got. I, I got to start doing that like random shit where like, you know, it's not their birthday or anything. It's just. Oh yeah. yeah. Just here's a gift for being you, baby. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not that good at that kind of stuff either. No. What if you were like, hey, here's some Cannibal Corpse tickets just because I like it. <laughs> hey, that would get me going, shit. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> that's why I, That's why I asked. I was like, hey, did your lady go? Because I don't know many people who get down with Cannibal Corpse. No, she didn't. But, dude, her friend, her friend, her the other Lithuanian girl, she was, like, well into it, man. It was great. I need to move to where you are. Dude, I'm telling you, that blonde girl, somebody needed to be there to pick her up. She went home alone, Mike. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll come visit. We'll be there. We'll find her. Yeah. He's making plans make, right now. I'll make sure there's a metal show happening when I come. Oh, dude, it seems like there's loads of them, yeah. yeah. Dude, it's it's ridiculous. Like, every time <laughs> I look, I'm like, oh, cool, this band I really like is going on tour. It's like, Europe. And I'm like, god damn it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Especially with metal. Yeah, and there was a good, uh, like, a Brazilian metal band before him, like, Chrisimum or something? Chrisium. Chrisium, yeah. Pretty good. Nah, but they were good. Do they sound like Sepultura, bro? No, 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 no. 
All right. No, they just sounded like straight up uh, death metal, thrash, whatever. What is Cannibal Corpse? Cannibal Corpse is a uh, grind. Ah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Grind core or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Maybe it is a kind no, of death metal. There's so many. There's so many subgenres you get lost. Yeah. I thought they were like, like, like uh, death metal. Maybe death. I think, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I feel like they're probably more of a death metal band. I don't know if they got like some of the grind. I'm I'm sure they're probably like the Godfathers of like grind or something like. Yeah. yeah they yeah, probably yeah. inspired that movement or something because they have like elements that like went into like the grindcore movement. So. Yeah. But I'm with you guys. I was like, it's just metal, and I like it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, with song titles like Edible Autopsy, Eaten Back to Life, uh, <laughs> Stripped, Raped, and Strangled, I mean, that, that sounds like death metal, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I mean, I, but that's the thing. It's like there are grindcore bands that have those same kind of titles. And Sure, yeah. Because I'm a huge fan of, like, Pig Destroyer and – some of their mm. song titles are also just this that, like that. Can yeah, you give us a few? The same genre. Yeah. Can you give genre. us a few? Uh, hold on, let me grab a record. <laughs> He's got it on vinyl. I still think the best from Cannibal Corpse is Edible Autopsy. There's just something so funny about that. I remember uh, Ace Ventura 1, they go to a Cannibal Corpse show. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Jim Carrey was a huge fan. Yeah, there's there's uh, outtakes of him, like, singing or screaming all the lyrics to other songs with the singer. Yeah. Like, he he knew all the fucking lyrics. Oh, it's yeah. So crazy. Uh, so, Johnson. Yeah. Have you heard Pig Destroyer? I have, but, you know, it's one of those, I know I've listened to him, but I cannot, I could not pinpoint, like, what their song titles were or anything. You need to look up the cover art for Prowler in the Yard. It's the most metal cover. Um, (laughs) But some of their song titles are Cheerleader Corpses. Nice. Good. Um, What else we got here? Intimate Slavery. (laughs) Wow. Preacher Crawling. (laughs) Snuff Film at 11. (laughs) Pornographic Memory. Nice. Piss Angel. Oh, also, Johnson, you just need to listen to this, the the first track, Jennifer, and then the last one of the last tracks is Jennifer Two. You, I think you'll appreciate it. <laughs> nice, nice. But yeah. Oh man, they're like super vegetarian too, right? Pig destroyer, crazy, crazy vegan. Uh, uh pig destroyer, pig destroyer is actually just another version of like cop killer, because. They're, the whole thing with them was supposed to be more like, um, you know, like against uh, government and, uh, you know, anarchy and whatnot was the intention of this, but I don't think most of the lyrics go along with what You know, I'm th- actually, I mm. think I'm thinking of cattle decapitation. Yeah, they, they are like vegan and uh, yeah. like straight edge. Um, I don't know that, but I know they're, they might be. <laughs> they make some heavy accent music. Yeah, and that style, that like vocal style, uh, you got to be in a certain mood for that. That's, <laughs> like, it's not even screaming; it's something else. Like, it's some sort of weird growl or something. Like, it, like uh, Cannibal Corpse. At least it's just like death metal screaming. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like so. A lot of what I'm hearing in metal now is 
more of like using the voice for an extra instrument like i don't know uh, i i kind of go back to converge for that because i most of the time i have no idea what that dude's saying but i yeah. just love that <laughs> scream so much yeah, he's been doing it since like 88 89 yeah they've been doing that sound forever Maddie, what was the title of that record? Uh, Prowler in the Yard. Uh, okay. Are we ready to segue right into Maddie's music? I, I need another sex show. story. Another one? No, you only get one. That's it. No! <laughs> All right. Well, if Yukiko comes back on, I'll talk about the one in Bangkok. Okay. My, yeah. <laughs> He's satisfied now. <laughs> as long as one is in the future. Sure. Yeah. Maddie, there will well, I mean, be I, a day when he runs out. I could talk about. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Then you need to go I, out and have more. I don't care what it costs you. I can. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be a married man soon. Come on. Well then, <laughs> you need to find a friend that is just like you to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> And then just lie to me. Tell me lies. <laughs> I think a, a good one for next time would be when uh, me and my friend went looking for Russian prostitutes in Busan. Oh, oh my that's... God. Why didn't you lead with that? That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned uh, for episode 12 of Superhouse, where Johnson talks about that. I mean, nothing happened, but we had some really funny run-ins. <laughs> that sounds good to it's me. It's good. Yeah. yeah. It was an experience for sure. But you had a lady of the night in Korea? Uh, allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Copy that. <laughs> what was the alleged race? Korean. Korean, okay. Copy yeah. that. All right, cool. So moving on to Maddie's music. I'll listen to Mirker, the album M, and uh, take it away, Maddie. Uh, Why did you choose this album? Uh, I, weren't we? I think Stefan brought it up, and we okay. just kind of like got onto it. And then you guys seemed pretty interested in it. And I, I forgot how I heard about her. I think I saw an article that it something along the lines of. Because she's like a model, but then she was in like a pop group too, and everyone's like, and the article was kind of like, is she the next thing in metal? And I was like, who is this model making metal? How metal is this? And uh, so then I was, I was very interested, and I heard it, and the first song I heard was one of the, you guys have heard the songs, so some of them can be like really beautiful and sing, you know, really well. And then when she started screaming, I was like, oh my God this is the best thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> like, she can do it yeah. all. And she plays yeah. a lot of her own instruments, which uh, is pretty cool for today because I don't feel like there's a lot of artists that come out that are just like, oh, yeah, I do everything on my record. Right. You know, yeah. like, they might have help. She might have had help with certain aspects of it, but for the most part, she does play a lot of her own instruments on it. And that's something that drew me to her album. And then it's just... It's pretty. It's brutal, but beautiful at the same time. It's a weird album, but very good. And I don't know, man. I mean, what did you guys think? Who else listened to it? Anybody? No one. Nobody. Okay, so I did. Uh, I listened to it. Oh, Joey, what'd you think? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, <clears throat> I liked it a lot. I thought it was pretty uh, 
pretty metal. It's it felt very like I think you talked about it very like um, uh, Elven ish. I don't know. If it's yeah, yeah. Want to use, but like, yeah, um, almost kind of Celtic in a way as well. Like a lot of it would kind of switch. You know, it's very like kind of triumphant, uh, like ballads, and then it would like drop right into uh, just like straight metal. It was pretty awesome. I liked it a lot. Sweet. And I, was, I listened to a couple of the other albums too, just kind Sweet. of see the, uh, hear the progression. I uh, I don't know. Like I, I have a hard time listening to this kind of metal. Actually, like I don't. What do you call this? Doom, doom metal. Yeah, I mean it. Yeah. This particular style. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I have, I, I it was all right, but. Um, I wouldn't say I hated it, but I'm definitely like this isn't the style of metal that I normally listen to. Like, uh, it's just I don't know. Like I did like when she sang, and her scream was good, but it's just I can't I can't ever really get into this style that much. That's really I don't know. That's all I can say about it. I didn't listen to the album, but I like looked at a few videos on YouTube. And I mean, like overall, I liked it. Yeah, the chick sings well, and it's pretty metal. I guess I, you know, metal I like, is metal. It's metal, right? Yeah, like me and you talked about Andrew. I don't know what the hell to say. Like, I'm musically retarded. I have no idea. Like, like these. Uh, it's either I like it or I don't. But I liked like, it. A lot of these bands that show up on Pitchfork, like I've seen her on Pitchfork, and I've seen, you know, these like Paul Bearer and like Sun O and all these bands, and like. I respect them musically. I, I, I yeah. don't. I definitely. I would not say I don't hate them. I don't. I wouldn't even say I dislike them. I just can't get into that style for some reason. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I get it, Andrew. I have some problems with listening to some of the like doom stuff that like takes forever. Like it's like a ten minute long song, and I'm like, Hey, man, they're... that stuff is great. You guys, no, no, I... you guys are like serious metalheads. So, as as somebody else who's more of an indie rocker, like Def Heaven. Is that a controversial band for you guys? Oh, I love Death Heaven. Uh, I like them more than uh, Mirker. I haven't heard them. Oh, they're, I, mean, I think they're. Do yeah, you man. guys ever listen to Check Godspeed, you Black Emperor, or like? Uh, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Sure. You know, this a is little bit. It's, like, it's essentially an evolution of that, right? Yeah. I mean, all music genres eventually converge, remix each other, and you get new new art out of that doesn't mean you have to like it yeah yeah like mm -hmm. I, I i respect where that whole scene is going but it's just it's just not my cup of tea basically well like uh <laughs> like liturgy is also in that kind of band camp with uh death heaven and all those new like the new kind of metal acts coming out that are you know and you know putting in the shoegaze elements or yeah you know, yeah yeah andrew i'm surprised of... you read you read pitchfork in general i i can't imagine you like getting along well with anybody who works for that site <laughs> basically oh i probably wouldn't i mean i check it in because it's like it's topical it's like the top site for that kind of thing so i do check it every now and again i i hardly ever agree with it entirely but um i you know like with liturgy like i was surprised i liked that so much so uh i i, I am interested in in like expanding my musical horizons or whatever but yeah that's it's cool just, that kind of that kind of like doom metal stuff. It's just yeah, I don't know. I just can't get you into can't, that. You can't you can't just uh, ensconce yourself in people who have the same views as you. Oh, that's how you end up radicalized. 
that's why I really like this Maddie's music part because like if Maddie recommends something, I'll put on my Spotify and I'll listen to the whole album, which is what I've been doing. Even if I'm not super into it. Like usually if it, I go into like one track and I don't like it, I'll be like, okay, I'm done. Let me, let me ask you, let me ask you this. And maybe this is kind of pivoting the conversation, but uh, you got, and this is for everybody. Do you guys keep like, you know, serious Jesus freaks on your on your Facebook and kind of get into delving into their culture or, their, you know, or whatever it has, whoever's very different than you. They'll usually comment on some trigger shit I say. Yeah, my, mo my mom does that a lot to me, so. <laughs> yeah, if I put something up that's, you know, political, she'll put up, well, Jesus, this and that, and I'm, you know. I mean, that's, that's kind of how I imagine Andrew reading Pitchfork. I just imagine him, like, muttering to himself, like, this is bullshit. <laughs> I don't, I usually don't even, I wouldn't, I don't even read the reviews. I just check, like, top metal albums, because, you know, they cover metal, so it's cool. But it's generally stuff that, like, you know, it's, Pitchfork is really heavily into that particular style of metal. They really are. It's because it's, it's a buzz <clears throat> band, man. That's why. Yeah. I guess. Like Paul Bearer, that album last year, I guess, or maybe two years ago, that was like the top metal album on like a thousand lists. So I was like, all right, time to check this out. And I was like, uh, it was, it's okay. That's just me, though. That's just my opinion. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Part of it's like, it's not just that metal's angry. Like, I like the type of metal I listen to. I like that it's so energetic. So you get this yeah. like doom metal stuff, and it totally loses that energy part, and that makes it less listenable, for me. I think I think the attack, you know, decay, sustain, release dynamic is there. I, I think it's just it's like shoegaze. It's a shoegaze form of of metal. It kind yeah. of is, yes. It, it kind of is. And it's crossover, right? It's it's yeah. interesting to see that happen too. Um, yeah. Because like, uh, I think that's just a general trend in music right now. Like it across is across all genres. It is. Yeah, and, and I mean for metal anyway, it's for a while like I feel like it goes through phases. Like it'll like it'll be punk, and then you have like hardcore, and then they'll mix together, and then you have like metal and you know hardcore, which would come together, or metal and punk, which and then you get like thrash, and then all this other stuff. And it's just a new progression of what metal was doing back when you can be like, oh, you know, I liked you know Slayer, and but. You know, these bands are just as heavy. They're just doing something else. You know, their vocals are just as metal or just as screamy. It's just they have other musical elements in there. Yes. I, I like that because you have to progress music or it's just going to be stagnant and you're just going to be listening to the same album over and over again. No, and at some yeah, point you'll I realize. Yeah. That's the feeling I got when I listened to that Liturgy album. And I was like, oh, this is the new shit. I've been yeah. stuck Andrew, in this it's, uh, it's just growing old. The world yeah. doesn't stand still for anyone. For sure. Yeah. And um, I'd like to see more bands like Liturgy, um, but uh, I guess we'll see. Liturgy's probably like the weirdest of the new metal stuff that I've been listening to, of like what people call hipster metal or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I enjoy. I, you guys should definitely check out Death Heaven. Those guys, I really like them. Uh, but... Yeah, I don't know. We could do that next time, or I don't know. If, if someone else has a suggestion, that would be great as well. I'm okay with you <laughs> heading this up 
completely. I mean, if if, if you want to do that, yeah. If you don't, that's okay. But it's, I mean, it's Maddie's music, so. Andrew, what was that band that was on all the top lists? Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also feel like Paul Bearer. The guy doesn't scream. He's just singing. It's kind of like a Black Sabbath kind of band. Yeah. Like they have that Black Sabbath feel, um, which I like. But okay. I'm also kind of like you with some of the Doom stuff. I'm like, I've been listening to this for five minutes. Something happened. Or like a band like Sun O, where it's literally like a note for a full minute. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can't take this much longer, man. Yeah, I, I appreciate that stuff, but I'm kind of like you, Andrew. Sometimes I just I just want the stuff that I know that'll hit me hard and like get me energized and ready to go, you know? Yeah, like I have to yeah. be in a particular mood to like listen to Paul Bear or like Sun O or, you know, even like Godspeed. Like, you know, if I want to chill, those albums go on. But if I'm just... You know, just trying to get my day started. It's like converge and yeah. Metal else I should be like on. you should be getting fucking pumped when you're listening to it. You know. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I you know it's everybody has a different uh, you know taste in in metal. So it's even yeah. more subgenres now too, <laughs> as oh, if man. there weren't enough before. I know. I get like sometimes people are like, "Well, is this 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 and this?" And I'm like, "I don't." I'm just like it's metal. <laughs> I, I don't even want to get into it. Just it's good. You should yeah. listen to it. Yeah. Let's not even get into it. It's like there's some screaming and there's heavy guitar. You're probably not gonna like it, so don't listen to it. <laughs> what are you listening to mostly lately, Maddie? Um, what? Do, uh, I got I picked up Converge's No Heroes. Okay. Which I hadn't heard all the way through, um, and then. I picked up this band called Jesuit the other day uh-huh. and came around in like, I guess like the Virginia, like hardcore scene. And they only made like a couple of EPs and then broke up. And the bass players actually in Converge and play guitar and sang in that in Jesuit. Yeah. And they're pretty good. I get um, reading about their history. They were known to say like really just try to make people angry and then start their show. And then just like, just be like the most like reverby, like they would scream into their pickups and just make all this reverb and it would just be, it sounded like chaos, but it also sounded like fun. Uh, <laughs> never heard of them. And I was on a uh, Death Wishes, uh, they had like a clearance sale and that was one of the CDs. And I was like, sure, I'll pick this up for like six bucks to give it a shot. So uh, I've been listening to, to them and uh, this band called Bosk, which is also on it's kind of stuff that you would hate, Andrew. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's kind of a mix of like Godspeed, you Black Emperor, Explosions in the Sky, meets like Neurosis. Um, I wouldn't hate it. There's very little music I hate. I just can't get into it. Yeah. Well, you would not get into this. <laughs> okay. Um, but that's so kind of been on my rotation. Cool. Forgot and... to ask uh, last week. Did you do anything for Record Store Day? Uh, last Saturday, uh, I went on to uh, Death Wish's website and uh, ordered uh, Converge's Petitioning Forever, which is like their first two records on LP. And then, what else did I get? Oh, I got this band called Gaza, mm-hmm. which uh, those guys broke up, and then they're in a new band called Cult Leader now, which is which are really fucking good. I think everyone here would probably like Cult Leader. Um, but uh, I got the, that Gaza record and then that Jesuit CD. Um, but they had like a 21% off sale. I don't like record store day was cool back when they put out cool shit. 
but I feel yeah. like everything's so easy to find and nowadays. Except for all the Mondo stuff that goes out. Yeah, that yeah. sells that, out instantly. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. I, I, the only thing I really wanted was probably like the Force Awakens picture disc because I don't have a picture yeah. disc. And... We went to Amoeba Music to try to get that and the guest uh, soundtrack. Oh, yeah. And oh, nice. yeah, we already went in the afternoon and so everything was just gone. So we ended up just uh, getting uh, Mastodon's Leviathan Ooh. on no, vinyl. And then That's uh, in the line while we were waiting... Uh, uh, my girlfriend saw the uh, uh, Nirvana MTV uh, Unplugged? Uh, that, uh, when they did played live for MTV. Uh, yeah, that, that, mm. yeah, the Unplugged. So we yeah, grabbed nice. that. We nice. forgot to pick up the first run of the Jules album, but we saw the second. But we'll, we can go back for that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's cool, man. Leviathan's, Leviathan's a great album. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, when we first started dating, like uh, she was asking, like uh, she was talking about all the bands she was seeing around town, and so I mentioned, like, so have you ever heard of you know Macedon and stuff? Since I was gonna go see them around that same time, and she started listening to it, I was like, and she really dug them, so I got her. Um, She's a keeper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I got I when I went to a show, I got this uh, perfect uh, mentioning it tonight. Uh, the, when they did the uh, their Game of Thrones uh, single, they had a T-shirt uh, with the White oh, Walker yeah. on that, so I got her that. From oh, the show. nice! <laughs> do, do you guys like that song? I haven't heard uh, that, the actually. Game of Thrones theme, or no, no, the Game of Thrones Mastodon song called White Walker. Oh, I don't, I'm not sure if I heard that. That Is sounds great. Yeah, right? It's the, been a James, while. James, there is a picture disc with that song on it. Yeah, we saw that there. Uh, but, but it's like sixteen dollars for a song, and I was like, yeah. "Fuck that." That's why we we're like, "Oh wait, they now have Leviathan, so I'll, yeah. I'll grab that." <laughs> hey, backing up a little bit, is this this free record day or whatever? Is this like free comic book day? Like what's no, the, not, what's not the deal with quite. this? There are sales, but it's just like a record store day, sort of in the same vein as free comic book day, except there's nothing really free. But that's when they'll have like a lot of special stuff come out, like Mondo does like a lot of special things they did one for star wars and a bunch of like oh, other cool. film yeah. soundtracks or Love things like that i'm gonna go ahead artwork. i'm gonna go ahead and take the the cynical point counterpoint opinion and say that record store day is bullshit mondo yeah, is like an intense well, yeah that's why i don't label that just i just hate that everything of theirs just releases. sells out instantly it's just like it's designed yeah, to. Just, you gotta go I mean, it's a big it's, line it's, and it's a whole thing. To yeah. me, it's it's not what record collecting is about. It's about going and digging through crates and like finding something. Yeah. But I I get why it exists. It's good in a way that like a rising tide floats all boats. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't participate in records for day because I think, uh, on, on, or I do what Maddie does and just go to record labels, buy direct from them online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I only get out if it's like. May like something really random that they're only pressing like so many copies of, because most of this stuff comes back around most of the time. Yeah. I've I very rarely like seen something. It's like oh shit, that doesn't exist anymore. I should have gotten that. Like if you wait a couple of years, the next record store day they'll probably like do something else that's sort of like that and add a couple of tracks. And you're like, what the fuck? I just bought this like two years ago. Um, <laughs> but there are some like cool they, they every. Back in the beginning when it was like first getting started, there was a lot of really cool stuff being released where it was like kind of harder stuff to find. But I feel like now it's just like 
um, I don't know, like... It's like thriller re-releases for like 25 yeah. bucks. Yeah. The album's like $2. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it sold like, you know, 15 million copies or something crazy. Everybody's got a copy of Thriller. It doesn't need to be released. But essentially, uh, yeah, it's, it's a sort of cool indie movement that got co-opted for consumerism, just like everything eventually does. Yeah. It's just shock shocking to me how fast it happened, you know? Yeah. Seems to be copying free comic book day, but that's maybe that's just my. There's bias. No, there, there, there's really like nothing free at record store day. It's yeah. just to, I I mean, I guess in the beginning it was to give like the record collectors like, oh, this has been out of print for like 15, 20 years. Here's a repressing of it, and it's affordable because every other version of this record's like four hundred dollars, and yeah, that's just... cool. Because you can have that, and you can get that album finally and listen to it on vinyl, hear it, and it'll probably be on 180 gram. But now it's like Israel was saying, it's just become, like, it's just kind of, you'll get like a Walk the Moons, like a 7-inch with a really popular song, and then on the other side is like the remix, and that's the Record Store Day release. I'm like, I don't give a shit about this. Like, I want some yeah. weird Miles Davis shit that, like, he recorded, like, High on Heroin, and you know, no one else has ever heard these recordings before. It's like that's the shit I want to go and get. You know. Um, What's the but, most expensive record you own, Maddie? Um, I don't know, man. I this is this is funny. I, I pulled a uh, Dave Matthews Band "Under the Table and Dreaming" LP out of the garbage when I first started at Half Price Books because it had water damage on it, but it wasn't that bad. Uh, it goes for like two hundred to three hundred dollars, but I don't need that in my collection because I never listen to it. So I got like I got like I sold it to a record store I really liked and got like sixty bucks for it. So, okay. Um, but they, <laughs> you know, like I, I'm not gonna take the time to sell it on eBay. I just don't care. Uh, mm -hmm. I'd much rather just give it to one of my favorite record stores and let them make some profit off of it. And you know, that's cool. I just put give it give it to someone who wants that. Right? There's someone out there who wants them. I don't, and I don't know if I want to know that person, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I sold my record collection for tuition. I sold credit. Yeah. I, I did a great sell-off in Chicago before I moved out of Chicago and sold a lot of stuff I shouldn't have. But um, that's all right. I have, a, I have a first pressing of, like, John Carpenter's Halloween soundtrack, which isn't, like, super pricey, but they have already reissued it, so... I imagine that'll go up, and I spent five dollars on it. Um, nice. I have mm. Nina Simone's "Lady Sings the Blue," which I got for a dollar out of a box of stuff that we bought at the store. And I was like, "How much did you pay for all these records in here?" And they're like, "Uh, like a penny a piece." And I was like, "Cool, grabbing this one." <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, I picked up a lot of like weird stuff at like work. Uh, I got like a Slim Harpo's Greatest Hits. He's just a really good blues musician. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't go for suit like I think like 50, 60 bucks or something, maybe less than that. But it, it's just like a cool find. I really like his music, and it's nice to just own some of this stuff on uh, LP. Um, oh, yeah. So I, most of the time I just pick up like reissues of stuff because I just want to listen to it. I'm not really into record collecting to own expensive shit. Like if I – happen upon something for a good deal, then that's awesome. That's like what's fun about record collecting is finding like Israel was saying, finding that gym that gym hidden in that box of crap. You're just like, ooh, yeah. No if, I ever go to I a, if I ever go to a Goodwill, 
I'll always go to the record collection and just kind of sift through and usually most of it's junk, but like I'll find something that's pretty, pretty neat for yeah. super cheap. Um, I feel- what do you guys think of, um, you guys heard of the subscription service vinyl me, please? Yeah, yeah I, I belong to that actually. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just I just signed up for the uh, the twenty fifth anniversary uh, Fuji's album. Oh, cool. So I did like uh, a th- I did like a three it. month. Nice. Yeah, it I'm it's it's home in L- L.A. So when I get back, I'll be able to open it up. But um, yeah, I did like the three month, and uh, want to check it out, see how it is. You know, it's uh, it's hit or miss, but yeah. it's kind of cool that I want to give my money to a company that's doing something cool. They're funding cool re releases. They have a lot of great like past releases you can check out. Like they did a partnership with the Smithsonian and released this like incredible blues record that's been out of print forever. Nice. Okay. Um, the packaging's super great. Um, and yeah, it's it's cool. I mean it's nice to hold music in your hands. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I I missed that for a long time. And like I got a record player and I got like a small collection with me in LA and I wanna wanna grow it. And I like how yeah, finally please kinda gives you like a like a poster and sort of like a, a cocktail uh, yeah. uh, thing, you know, so you make a cool cocktail that sort of goes along with the record that's pretty cool, so. Yeah, I'll yeah. be honest, I don't, I don't fuck with that at all. Yeah. I just love the music. But, <laughs> yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. I just, but, it just uh, kind of comes with a couple different things. I think it's pretty neat. Yeah, I, I, I feel like more, like, maybe labels should jump onto this. Well, cause, like, one of my favorite labels is Death Wish, and I would totally sign up just to get a record every month, you know, and pay a... A fee for it just to see like what they're sending what's out what's new not even what's new maybe something older i didn't know that was on there but uh, my i like vinyl we please and i'm sure and it's good for some people but for me there's not enough variety for me because like everyone i had a friend that had it and she would get like all like she get father john misty and all this like really current stuff that's really happening and i was like that's cool but like yeah they pretty much do one month they'll do like an I think they gotta have their like bread making ones like to oh, keep yeah, yeah, totally. this, right? So they'll do like one month. Uh they sent something called Lapsley, which I really wasn't into, just sort of like a you know, pseudo EDM current indie pop. And yeah. then the next but the next month they'll do like one for one for them and then one for like they'll do some deep cuts. Um yeah. I got like I got a Jay Dilla like double LP from them. That was the first yeah, yeah, yeah. first uh record they ever sent me and after that they won my allegiance, basically. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely like the cert. Like, I think it's a cool concept. I just, I, th- I would like it more. Maybe if you could like choose, like, hey, I'm into like punk metal, hardcore, send me stuff like that, instead of. But yeah. I feel like I, I would get a lot of stuff and then end up selling a lot of it, and I don't really feel like that's the point. I should probably just be buying records from the label sites that I want to hear that I'm interested in. Sure. But not to say that they haven't released some good stuff. Like, I found out about a band called Menomina, uh, called Friend or Foe, which is a really good album. Um, and there's some other stuff that they've also released, like some really good blues stuff, some cool jazz stuff as well. So if you're kind of, like, definitely wanting to just get into music and just see what's out there past, present, it's a good introduction to vinyl and just, like, having something come to you. If you're, like, one of those people who goes to the record store and goes, I don't know what the fuck to buy. There's so much. <laughs> so it's kind of a good thing just to maybe start it and then kind of find what you're really into and then maybe stopping and then or keep it going and then just going to record stores and supporting local record stores because they will probably be go the way of video stores in future possibly. 
they might. It seems like they're having longer lifespans than than Blockbuster did, though. I mean, Blockbuster, yeah, yeah. all that's completely gone. But you do have like like that the vinyl store and like the one vinyl store in every city, probably the, like one or two at least. Yeah, and they're yeah, using yeah. kind of small little little spots, like a like a used bookstore or something like that. You know, they're not. Uh, super big or anything, but I think they'll kind of stay around, or just, or maybe like just kind of merge with like the the used bookstores in your town. Yeah, but I, yeah, I think they'll they'll hang around for a little bit. It won't, it won't be as mass, you know. Yeah, all over I feel the like there's been more of a resurgence in like oh, yeah. buying vinyl rather than like getting uh, renting videos and stuff. Dude, because... I would love a video rental store, man. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, man. I like I I like going and looking at stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because Netflix doesn't get everything. Redbox doesn't get everything. I mean, I could probably like search it and pay ten dollars to, you know, stream it on my PS4, but I don't want to do that. Yeah, I, I just I I miss the whole like that's why I like going and shopping for records because I get to look at them and like yeah. pick yeah, it up. Well, see, like, uh, a sense of community, right? Like yeah, yeah. yeah I definitely miss it. We had like a really cool little uh, spot where where I was growing up. And, um, yeah, I'd go there, like, more than once a week and, you know, come out with, like, five movies at a time. Yeah. Know? Just, like, looking around. It was awesome. I miss, I miss like, going and just, yeah, just having, like, this huge place. And just like Come yeah, to San Francisco, Maddie. We, we still got them. As long as there's <laughs> hipsters, we'll still have video stores and record stores. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I, was... I'm... Go ahead. No, uh, I, I'll be there soon, sometime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There was one place in Atlanta. I don't know if you know of it, Andrew, but uh, Vec uh, showed it to me, and it was like just super cool, like video store years ago, and like was it like, little a little five form. points? Um, it was like it was near downtown somewhere, <clears throat> and um, I don't know. They had a lot of foreign movies, and just they're like you know sectioned by like director and stuff like that. It was pretty cool. Uh, it's probably in little five points, but uh, it's been years since I've been there. That but that's like the uh, like kind of arty district type area. Not in the same way that Silver Lake is, although it might be becoming like that. Like it's, it was like when I was in high school, it was like really like punk and metal, hardcore, like that kind of scene. Less hipstery or proto hipster, whatever you'd call it. Stefan, we just are now moving into the uh, movie talk, and I think first on the agenda is the new Born trailer that came out. What did everybody think of that? Loved it. Loved it. <laughs> Loved it. All right, moving on. <laughs> Stefan. <laughs> done and done. Uh, <laughs> I've always, always loved Jason Bourne. <laughs> I like the fact that they call it Jason Bourne like it's Rocky Balboa, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, you know what you're getting. Yeah. Um, yeah, that first trilogy was great. I never saw the sequel, or uh, that like pseudo sequel with uh, Hawkeye. What was that one uh, called? Jeremy the Renner Born. with uh, the Born Legacy. The yeah, Born Legacy. Legacy. Yeah, I never mm -hmm. saw that one, but that didn't look bad either. You know, uh, you know what was wrong with that movie? Didn't no have Jason Bourne in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that, everything about it looked so great. Um, uh, I don't know. Somebody else take it. I, I'm, like I'm, I'm driving nervous. through Vegas with the with that armored vehicle, just like taking out cars, man. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> it's gonna be interesting to see where the because those movies are like, I don't even remember when when was the last one that came out, like Ultimatum. 
uh, that was like 08, 07, yeah. 08. It was like right around when I got out to LA. I remember getting like the DVD. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it'll just be interesting to see where, like, because I feel like the climate of the world currently is different from when those movies were made right. and came out. Because I feel like they try to tie it into a modern, like, not like the Robert Ludlum books, because those were written in like what, like the seventies, eighties, or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you kind of have to like modernize some of this stuff because it's like just not post- going to work. Post post nine eleven. Yeah, so I'm just interested to see, you know, like like what is going to be featured in this born because you kind of got the best technology in the that the government is using at that time. So it's going to be interesting to see yeah. how this kind of older the, character adapts to these new kind of technologies. The, and, the smartphone age. Yeah, it's it'll be it'll be interesting to see if he kept up with that or. I, I don't know. I just it looks fun. Uh, I like that Paul Greengrass is back. I think he has a really great visual style for those Bourne movies. I'm a huge fan of Paul Greengrass. Um, I, I like Matt Damon as uh, Jason Bourne. Uh, I'm just inter- I, I'm very excited to see just where if there will be another trilogy or if this is the last one. But I just won Ultimatum in it. I was like, I want more. Like I can. I'll wait. I'll wait a couple of years. But they should revisit this character before like Matt Damon gets too old. And then it's like watching kingdom of the crystal skull. Like (laughs) I want to see that born. It is kind of cool to see him as like a more grizzled and slightly older version of, of born, especially after seeing him in the Martian. I feel like, I don't know how it is for you guys, but like I get a lot of people around me who really don't like Matt Damon. I don't know what the the hate. Yeah. You know? And then I like the Martian. I was like, what a great movie. Like, for oh, me, okay. that like that like redeemed Ridley Scott for me. But anyway, I digress. Um, Jason, it's cool. It is cool to see him. He's kind of like that older Wolverine version of Jason Bourne, yeah. and seems like he can punch harder now. Even oh, that was a good. That was a good punch. <laughs> yeah, didn't, yeah. Didn't even extend. I like how, stand. Just I like it. yeah. I like how he fucking knocks that guy straight out, and it, it and he just like stares off into the sunset like some fucking cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I'm gonna watch that trailer after we get done. So excited! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one was it did look good. You gotta watch Game of Thrones, Maddie. Can't watch no trailers. Well, <laughs> I, I, I gotta play some Dark Souls three. Hold on, we'll, we'll get to the Game of Thrones talk in a minute. I liked it. I've never been like huge, huge into the Born series, but I will say they have some of the best, like, realistic fight scenes of all time. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that really stands out to me. Plus, I remember the first the first Born came out when we were in, when I was in high school, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Born Identity, Born Identity yeah. was like two thousand one. There was something about seeing him speak, I think, Russian in that scene, I in in the first one. It kind of like yeah. lit a fire under my ass. I was like, man, I really gotta, I want to learn to speak another language someday. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know why that was like so uh, inspirational to me, but that that was. Yeah, that did it. And um but as for the new one, it look it looks good, but um I don't know. I I could I don't have to see it opening day either. I'll let you know how it is, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I feel like that's one of the ones that I would want to. There's a couple movies out now like I really want to see Jungle Book, but it just hasn't, you know, like yeah. got me there just yet to the theater to see it. But depending on how I feel that day, I think Jason Bourne sounds like a great day at the movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. it probably will be. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see it, Johnson? Oh, I just watched it while you guys were talking. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know your fresh thoughts. 
Uh, yeah, uh, Tommy Lee Jones, come on. Yeah, yeah he's old. I, I totally forgot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sold right away. Yeah. Wait, someone else is in this movie besides Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah. <laughs> also, they have that hot, uh, that, I think she's German, that other actress. Uh, oh, uh, Vikander from Xbox. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 it's her, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I'm actually I'm actually happy to see um, what's her face from the previous two movies. Oh yeah, uh, in it and have more of a prominent role. Like one of the one of the things I just didn't like the saddest things to me was at the end of the first one I think or the second one in the beginning I forget when they kill off Franca Potent. Because mm-hmm. she was just awesome, but I I mean I guess I could see for the sake of creating more conflict and more drama for Jason Bourne like getting rid of her i guess or maybe she couldn't do it i don't know but it is cool to mm-hmm. see like this kind of like other female character because i feel like that gives him like creates a cool dynamic for jason Bourne. because not only is he just like trying to like figure out what's going on with himself and fight off all these other spies but he's also he also becomes kind of like a guardian for these kind of characters and it's cool to see him actually like be the good guy and protect some shit really violently Maddie, that's the second piss we've heard you take. <laughs> I'm going to apologize to the listener right now. That's some ridiculous ass shit right there. I thought somebody was driving. Mute your mic or fucking close the bathroom door for the love of God. Uh, I thought this uh, podcast was called Superhouse. <laughs> and when did we become uh... a. <laughs> Maddie, I stand corrected. Oh, <laughs> Next time. I didn't realize it was that loud. <laughs> my apartment is very small. Oh, man. That shit's hilarious. <laughs> it makes oh. it more, more immersive, right? Like for the yeah, listeners. Yes, they can hear it's you like, just. Uh, <laughs> it's like 3D. Well, now I have to go. Oh, yeah, man. leave your door open. I want to hear it. <laughs> All the way from Denver, Colorado. <laughs> Stefan's piss. Stefan P's what? Yeah. He's like me. He's like normal people. <laughs> you should live. Uh, you should live stream your. Your stream. That'll be our first video on Twitter. Just me. Just me. Peeing. Dude on the Superhouse Facebook live stream. Yeah. Coming to you live. Are you talking to us right now and peeing, bro? (laughs) Me? Stefan. Oh, I hope so. (laughs) That could be part of Sexpedition. It could be. Not in Japan. Superhouse (laughs) Golden Showers. Oh, man. Damn, I I might need to walk to the liquor store real quick. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right, let's move on to Magnificent Seven. What'd you guys think of that? Um, I, I thought it looks pretty good. Um, you know, we'll see. Question mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my Question god. Question mark ellipses. Uh, I think it looks it looks cool. It looks like fun. It definitely looks like fun. Yeah. 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 But I've never been too big of a fan personally of Antoine Fuqua's movies. I like Training Day, but I didn't think it was like this huge fucking cinematic revelation that everybody thinks it is. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. It seems like everything is bound to get remade. They have a great cast. Um, 
definitely interested to see more Chris Pratt uh, in his larger movie roles outside of Parks and Rec and Just Guardians. Uh, yeah, that's true. Denzel and Washington. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Denzel Washington is like on this list of actors of mine that I just really can't take seriously anymore. <laughs> uh, Will Smith, Tom Hanks being two of the others. To sing. <laughs> What's um, the reason for that, though? I Let's... don't know. It's just really hard for me to like watch them on screen. Well, I was. It started. I first had this feeling when I watched. Um, what was that movie that the Wachowskis and Tim Tyke were made? Uh, oh, Cloud really Atlas. Long... Yeah, Cloud oh, yeah. Atlas. Yeah. Tom Hanks chewing up scenery in that movie and all that makeup. I was just like, oh no. And then that that Steven Spielberg movie, The Bridge of Spies, came out recently. Recently, and it was like the same thing. I was just like, "Oh, there's Tom Hanks. You know, there's Denzel Washington again, being Denzel Washington." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, you just um, see them as uh, their actors and not the actual characters that they're trying exactly, to play. Exactly, they just kind of they're you know they're the they're like time traveling. It's like Denzel Washington is just like jumping from these different they, time frames. Yeah, and being they're like these characters. <laughs> they're a character of themselves. You know, it's like yeah, De Niro sure. always being you know just being De Niro or you know Denzel's maybe that's what it is same, actually. You know? Yeah. Um, but overall, it looks cool. I'm not like super, super excited about it. Like, not gonna see it on the first day probably. But I'm gonna wait to see what friends say about it and shit like that. Because um, mm-hmm. I think it's somewhere between like the actual ma- or, uh, Magnificent Seven and 310 to Yuma. Um, I, yeah, I got a wild bunch uh, kind of feel from it. Like when they definitely pull up that Gatling gun, I was like, wait, yeah, right. wait, isn't this a isn't this a wild bunch? I thought this is Magnificent yeah. Seven. Um, <laughs> I also have a couple things to say. Sorry, Maddie, not to cut you off, but I also have a couple things to say about like westerns now that Tarantino has made Django and The Hateful Eight. Um, I feel like there's certain things about that time frame that you really can't gloss over, you know, just for the sake of shooting guns and cowboys and Indians and shit. It just like where we are now and like the political correct uh, climate that we're in and whatever and. Um, things, films becoming more diverse and stuff like that. It's kind of interesting to see how that role, uh, or how Denzel Washington's role is going to fit in. Because I yeah, think yeah, they have the the Native American in there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is yeah, cool. Yeah. It's like it's it, you know like after Hit Plate and Django, it's like you cannot deny black people the old West anymore. Like it's it's a huge part of sure that that those types of stories that we've never really seen before so that will definitely it'll be interesting to see if they touch on any of that at all especially with their main character being uh denzel yeah Yeah, that was that was one of the first things i noticed about as well it's i I was like how how are they going to explain this because you know that's the time period that it that it is and is there any kind of cultural i mean a historical precedent for this kind of thing i mean I, I mean, there were black cowboys and stuff, and some of them were like U.S. Marshals, and I mean, you don't hear about them, but they did exist. Okay, and they they were. Uh, yeah, there's they, this. Uh, they escaped slavery somehow, or how? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, there's like this one guy who, I think his name's like Saul Bass or something like that. I'd have to look it up. Um, for but his last name is Bass, but he was just like this like badass bounty hunter, and he was a black man, and. Everyone feared him. No one fucked with him. And he did some crazy shit back in the Old West. I kind of gave Django Unchained a pass because it felt like like Tarantino's kind of already established himself as like doing alternative history type of stuff with Inglorious Bastards. So 
um, if it was not exactly uh, historically accurate, I was I I I, could, I just like pass it off as like this is a Tarantino movie. I'm okay with that. But yeah, I could see Stefan's point. It's like this is is this is everybody doing this this kind of thing now or or what's the deal? I don't know. I'm not really concerned about it. I was really excited that the guy I don't even know how to pronounce his name uh, from I Saw the Devil, The Good, The Bad, The Weird. Uh, Oh, the Korean actor? Yeah, that guy's awesome. Yeah, he's in he's some good. of my favorite movies from the past couple of years. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen I Saw the Devil, all of you need to. Right oh, it's now. awesome. It, it's yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm excited just to, honestly, my only draw is like the Native American guy and then that guy. I was, I was like, I want to see what these guys do in this movie. This looks cool. <laughs> this looks like cool. It's like a fun time. We don't get a lot of Westerns that no, much anymore no. so it's kind of refreshing just to see one even you know I'm, magnificent seven isn't one of my favorites so i don't really care <laughs> like if it's just yeah. if it's just fun it's probably going to be like a cheap like just oh i got the day off what am i going to do oh well, maybe i'll just go see magnificent seven see what it's all about hey not to i mean i'm kind of going to spoil the magnificent seven here by asking this like the the first one the first the you know the old one but uh, oh, you mean Seven Samurai? No, not that. One. <laughs> <laughs> the actual Western. But my question's okay. about that. Uh, I've actually never seen the original Magnificent Seven, but I have seen Seven Samurai, and the first thing that popped into my head about that was one of the most like memorable things about Seven Samurai is the ending where the where they say we didn't win this. The uh, the people of this village did. Because the a lot of the samurai had died, right? Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Is that part of the western too? I don't remember. I'm it's been sure. a while since I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it yeah. in a long time. Because um, I, I feel like if they keyed in on that, that would be. I feel like that. Very, I feel like I remember mm. like Yul Brynner dying. Um, yes. So yeah, I've... it is. It is part of the original one. Okay. It's the exact same ending. Okay. They, cool. They end and they're like vaya con dios, and uh, most uh, of them died, right? And uh, I mean, yeah. because it's an American movie, they don't leave it ambiguous like that. And they're like, only the farmers won. We lost. We'll always lose. Like, they just really buried it. Yeah. It's a 1970s American film, right? Or 60s? Yeah. So yeah. it is a bit really, glossed really. over. What? No, it's not glossed over at all. It's, it's, oh, incredibly, but, okay. it's incredibly, incredibly, like, ham-fistedly sort of shoved in your face compared to the Japanese one, which is a lot more shoved. That, you know, so. uh, that's kind it. of Anton Fuqua's style, too, though, if you think about it. Like shoving it in your face? Kind of? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. feel like. Well, it's also I, I wonder if the audiences the, were, like, not, not sophisticated, right, in 1960. Right, Or in yeah. general. I think today you're probably going to look at a lot more of an ambiguous ending, but who knows? I, I, does it really need to be remade? I don't know. Yeah, yeah I could. I, 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 yeah. yeah, I feel that's that too. that's like I think the feeling that you get, or well, that I got from it too. It just seems like an obligatory. It's like so obvious. Like, oh yeah, that I like you almost like expected I mean, a few years ago, and then now it's just happening or something. Looking looking at the cast, are you really gonna replace like Charles Bronson, yeah. Will Brenner, Steve McQueen? <laughs> Steve, right. yeah, fucking Steve McQueen, and then like I don't know who else, James Coburn, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Was who? Who's the guy from the big red one? Um, Mark uh, Hamill? Do you mean? No, <laughs> Mark. Hamill. He was in it. Um, <laughs> uh, like on it. the guy's name. Yeah, I don't even. It's been so long since I've seen the original. 
The big red one. Yeah, yeah it's a no war idea. movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. I understand. He's, he's other things as well. I understand the need to modernize things, and they're right. obviously you do it for money. And we we always get caught up. We, I mean, I mean, obviously, all of us went to art school. We get caught up in. Oh, the art of this, but at the end of the day, it's it's a business, so that's why they're doing it. No, yeah, yeah. it's exactly. it's a remake that people know, and it's got Chris Pratt and Denzel Washington in it. It's an e it's an easy it's sell. It's an easy sell. Yeah. I think I think overall, it's like pretty. It's like you know, and especially again after like Hateful Eight being like such a different type of western than we're used to, this is kind of more like. Hollywood being like, oh, here's that great old American Western you're looking for, as opposed to being like a scathing criticism of your society. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the actor is uh, Lee Marvin. Oh, yeah. But I think he was Dirty Dozen. I don't know if he was. Um... He was in a lot of Westerns. Yeah, though. definitely was in a lot for sure. I mean, they'll, if this is successful, I can see them trying to remake The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly and just, you know, rooting it. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Johnson, did you see it? What? The the trailer? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean I I really I have no idea. It could go either way. I don't know. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, yeah, if I have a Saturday with nothing to do, I'll check it out. Yeah. I'm I'm it's like I I'm looking forward to Born maybe a little bit more than Magnificent Seven. I, I oh, it's yeah, weird. Yeah. I don't I don't get into westerns that much. Yeah. Just a, just a little bit here and there. Hmm. I, I grew up with them. It was like my dad and grandpa would always uh, there would always be some western on. So it's just something that I enjoy watching, and I don't go out of my way to watch a lot. But mm. when they usually come out, or if I happen upon something uh, that looks cool, I'll definitely check it out. I, so. I'm from Colorado, man. I eat that shit up. <laughs> I love <laughs> that that pensive stare into the sunset. Sh shit when you know like those those like strange farm folk words of wisdom and stuff like that oh man <laughs> horses and shit and, uh, whistling. Yeah, I, thought, uh, I thought the uh hateful eight actually did a really good job of you know opening up with those huge vistas and then oh yeah totally, know, totally making you feel claustrophobic just, in that room with them. you feel like you're in a pressure cooker at that movie it just reduces down to like the this like most dense hateful black cup of coffee i didn't know what i was getting into when i saw that movie i, I knew it was tarantino but i didn't know that we we're going to spend 90 percent of the movie in that room yeah. i like I, there was a there was a point when i was watching that where i was like wow we're still here we yeah. haven't gone anywhere else <laughs> well i feel like we spent like the first like quarter of the movie in the stagecoach like yeah. 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 With, the, uh, with the intermission yeah. or without it without oh i saw without. it with it Oh, okay. I, I did the whole road show, all that shit, man. I cool. made sure I the intermission awesome. is great because that moment, uh, you know, where the the poison thing happens, right? Yeah. The intermission, the intermission. I don't want to say too much for if somebody hasn't seen it, but that moment happens before the intermission. So when you come back, and you know, the recap sort of sort of goes on. Mm -hmm. uh, the the impact is completely different than the uh, the other cut of it, mm -hmm. where it's just contiguous. Uh, gotcha. There's a lot more sort of weight. So for those who didn't see it with the intermission, I'm sure they'll put out you know a Blu-ray version. Yeah, I hope they do. Um, yeah, because it kind of left you like a cliffhanger. You're kind of like, yes, oh shit. That's exact. That is exactly what happens. And the cut <laughs> for the the regular release is it kind of removes the uh, all the tension because it you get the sort of 
answer to what happened with the poison Directly. like 10 seconds after it happens. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, uh, I was in uh, Atlanta for Christmas break and I was unable to kind of go anywhere I really wanted to. <laughs> so I, I was, I didn't see that film version with the, with the, uh, yeah, the roadshow. Well, so, so essentially someone is like killed. Right. And, and they die in an incredibly violent fashion. And then they're like, it's intermission time, piano music. And the awesome thing was like, seeing it with other people going to talk about it and it felt very social for 20 minutes and then everybody filed back into the theater and you find out essentially what happened yeah i know the part you're talking about i just yeah. it was just all it was just without yeah. intermission when i, I saw feel it. like i wish i had seen it with the intermission i feel like watching that movie was just such a hard pill to swallow um it's just it's it, it so uh let's i don't know it's just not what i expected i'm still processing things that i that happened in that movie um, just because Django, aside from being like the slave revenge kind of fantasy that it is, um, it was pretty much like kind of a general Western in terms of the violence and what we saw, you know, Tarantino's first Western or whatever, what he was able to come up with. But this one was like, or Hateful Eight was such a, a divert uh, detour from all that, it seemed like. Yeah, and he's doing another one too, isn't he? Is he? Cool. I think he has another uh, Western on his plate. I'm not sure. I think he's in a real Western mood lately. Yeah, which is cool. And you, I mean, which, and then, and, and then with uh, Magnificent Seven coming out, um, and then one of the other ones that I saw that I really liked was Bone Tomahawk. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it seems like cinema goers are kind of in a new wave of Western, uh, Western, I guess. Um, just the way, you know, like how zombie movies took off for so much now, and now that Walking Dead is here, like, I, you know, I'm so sick of zombies at this point, but, you know, it's that kind of phase, I think. Hi, guys, I gotta take off, I gotta go uh, meet a friend for lunch. It was right, nice hearing all your stories. Where I are you hailing hear... from, by the way? Uh, I'm in Tokyo. Alright, cool. Sayonara! Uh, Actually, kind of a nice way to uh, let's you know sort of wake up and hear all you guys talking. Awesome, <laughs> nice. Love it. Hey, <laughs> See you, Israel. Bye. Later. 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 Bye. Yeah, even like you talking about like uh, the sort of westerns kind of making a resurgence. Um, I mean, even this one's not necessarily a western, but like even like the Revenant, you know, kind yeah. of has yeah. Yeah. Sort, of, sort of outside Native Americans, sort of you know, muskets and stuff. Definitely. Yeah. Bird trappers. Matt, are you playing shit? I'm watching that Independence Day trailer. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody did say resurgence. (laughs) Oh, there we go. There we go. Nice little segue (laughs) right into it. I don't think I've seen that that new trailer. Yeah, you know, uh, there's, again, coming back to like the Tarantino thing or or Westerns being like reintroduced and stuff and the resurgence of it happening, it just seems like. And, you know, even for people who might play video games, Red Dead Redemption. um, It's coming back. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like people, there's a lot of unexplored. um, Oh, there definitely is. Subject matter there, especially now that things seem to be getting more progressive and entertainment and and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like you can kind of like what the studios want. They want like the same thing, but with like a, a twist. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Or, that. So like that's we can we can now have that with like oh there's actually 
different perspectives of yeah. this time frame in our history. And it is, and it is kind of an auteur thing right now too, because I, I think the guy who did Bone Tomahawk, he has a couple other films that are kind of in that. He has that kind of auteur vibe about him. Yeah. Tarantino okay. and and Antoine Fuqua, they really have an established voice. Uh, so so perhaps that's it, you know. And that's probably what gets movies made. Like if anybody, no, nobody brought some great Western script to somebody and just really wasn't a bankable person for whatever reason. Um, you know, that great Western probably wouldn't get made over something where it's just like, let's see what Antoine Fuqua would do with. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. You know. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like that that's not that I necessarily like it, but I do like that the indie films have become sort of a, they're, they have skin in the game now. Yeah, definitely. You know, and they're, you know, I want to see more of a controversial Western than, you know, just a fun, action y, you know, uh, uh, Lone Ranger right. bullshit. You know? And the, the other thing, too, is um, for it being an Anton Fuqua movie, he's generally done pretty hard, you know, hard R kind of subject sure, yeah. matter. And this one seemed a lot softer than that just by the trailer. Like, it didn't, it didn't to me seem like it was going to be that level of violence. Hard hitting, yeah. Yeah. Did he, uh, one question, did he do that movie with, um, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and that other dude as cops and they're being followed around. Was that him? No, that's uh, no. That's a guy who okay. did Fury. Okay, yeah. Fury okay, right, and right, right. Suicide Squad. Okay, right. See, okay, that's a whole other conversation then altogether. Yeah, for sure. I haven't seen um, that. I want to see that. Yeah, Fuqua did because after he did Training Day, he went yeah. and did King Arthur, which was terrible. You oh, did yeah. King Arthur? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that's another one. Uh, uh, that's another one of those guys that's on my list. Clive Owen. Yeah. Cannot look at that guy. <laughs> Cannot he hasn't do actually. Been around in a while. I lo yeah, yeah, he really hasn't. I lost all respect for him after Shoot 'Em Up. I was just like, dang, dude, he could have been James Bond, honestly. And then he did Shoot 'Em Up. I was like, fuck that guy. Yeah. I was reading an article because I, I hadn't seen Shoot 'Em Up at that time, but I did rent it. I saw this article it was basically like, Shoot 'Em Up is basically uh, like a parody almost. It's it's not it really trying to, to take itself seriously, but it's like, and that kind of made me want to watch it. But yeah, it was pretty, <laughs> yeah. pretty silly. Yeah, it just, yeah. I, I don't know what I was expecting. Because I had read something at the time about it being like, just this wild new take, which I guess it was. But but it's more, it's like, you know, in my it, it, a parody, a good parody in my eyes would be like the naked gun of, of something like that. Sure, sure. This, like but I don't know. Not a good a comparison, lampoon. but. Right, but this one was just like, does it want to be a parody or does it want to be something else? So, anyway, yeah, that was yeah I don't think, yeah, I don't think it really, really uh, captured it. Like, it yeah. definitely tried to, but I could dedicate an entire episode to that. <laughs> <laughs> Any other trailers right. come out? I can't um, think of any. Uh, Independence Day. Independence. Okay, yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think this needs to be talked. I about. can't really comment on that because I don't think I've seen it. But you can just watch you it right should, now. Like it I should did. take a minute. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> well, you guys, you I didn't guys... really get much audio out of Talk it. Talk amongst so... yourselves. You guys do. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. What? 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 what Maddie and Stefan. What do you guys think? I want to hear Matt. Maddie uh, first. Um. <laughs> Independence Day wasn't a movie. Like I enjoyed it, but it's nothing that I. Okay. This. Where's Will Smith? That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I need him He's back. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> They show him um, dying in the trailer. <laughs> I, 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 I really think it would have been great to have him be the president in this or something and yeah. kind of redo the – like I don't need Bill Pullman in it really. Maybe if he's like on a farm somewhere and he's like, 
I got my old crop duster. Gonna go fight, you know? <laughs> something like that, kind of like in the first one or something. But yeah. I, yeah. I'm interested to see because it it's got a, a really cool budget now, and it's a pretty big movie, and the effects look really fun. I think it but, looks. I think it looks with with the amount of CG that is in this trailer in the new movies for it being a Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich epic movie like we were used to in the 90s. Yeah. I think the CG makes it look way way smaller than than ironically using miniatures that are exploding and shit like that. Um, yeah. Much to what Maddie was saying, uh, um, kind of on the opposite side. For me, Independence Day was huge. Like that was the biggest movie. And at the height of Will Smith's, uh, or at the beginning of his career, really, like when he yeah. was really getting some steam, um, and just being as good as it was, as in compared to um, the Day After Tomorrow and you know 2012 or whatever movies they made after that, uh, Independence Day was like a really profound movie for me. I remember waiting for the VHS. It had that lenticular cover on it where you could see the White House blowing up. Like, how fucking cool was that? Yeah. Yeah. And and this trailer, I'm, like, watching it, and parts of it look really cool. Like, some of what they're doing looks cool. I think, to me, it looks like they're taking the Michael Bay approach with some of the design on these bigger and badder ships and shit. Um, I'm really excited that we'll be seeing more of these aliens in a yeah. post-CG age, see them maybe walk around and use some of them tendrils or something. Um, yeah. But uh, the dude who plays Will Smith's son looks like – this guy is, like, devoid of screen presence. He's, like, taking away from other actors in this trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, re- he really looks like a – you know, I don't know. I don't mean to knock on the guy so much, but – just in those scenes, I'm just like, no, go away, you know. And like, even the Hemsworth brother is commanding a lot more screen presence, which he's also another one that's kind of cardboard to me. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be great to see Jeff Goldblum, mm-hmm. uh, especially as he gets older. The quirkiness and the situations he's put in are yeah. just—they seem priceless. You know what I mean? Like this motherfucker's yeah. back on a rocket, running from aliens again, just with that look on his face, like, how did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, the one thing that really bugged me, especially about all the CG stuff, was those giant floating monitors. I'm like, oh yeah. Even in a world like, it seems like they took the technology from the aliens and they went with like the eight eight year old uh, action figure at to- uh, Toys R Us kind of approach to designing some of their stuff. They look so clunky, and those big floating monitors, like, not even in this world would anybody dream up like, let's make a bunch of hovering giant monitors. Like, what if that thing malfunctions for any reason? It's just <laughs> the bad idea. Like, I think things would happen beyond a more translucent type of screen or even holograms. Like, go the hologram route. Just even if it's not original. Yeah, do a necessarily. Report, yeah. yeah, like don't. Like what? Or, I don't know. But that also brings into play like the type of 2016 that that world exists in because it's supposed to be pretty contemporary. So with that kind of room to play around in, I'm just afraid it looks like Battle of Los Angeles to me. All right, I oh. saw it, guys. <laughs> oh. You're up. <laughs> Battle of Los Angeles was terrible. Terrible. I yeah. Seen, yeah, I kind of feel the bad. same way. It's like kind of Jeff Goldblum's movie, which I think is good for him, you know, because mm-hmm. um, in L.A., like, I guess Jeff Goldblum's, like, running around, like, he has, like, like music shows and stuff. He, like, plays music and jazz. It's pretty cool. Anyway, um, yeah, I just think it's just, it's like, do we need it? Um, <laughs> it's just, you know, the 
the first one I, I was just thinking while we were talking the you know that that one shot of the white house being blown to bits you know everybody that was like the shot that they kept yeah. showing mm-hmm. and it's like i feel like that trailer ha- doesn't have that moment yeah because that was big that that sold everybody to go see uh independence day you know yeah. it was that it was yeah. definitely that one shot you're talking about the gravity um that laser blast to the first one original yeah yeah well it seemed like it seemed like they were trying to uh kind of play on that same trope in this one when they were like it has the ship has its own gravity what goes up must come down thing Mm -hmm. and i'm just like didn't ultron do that and age of ultron too (laughs) like didn't yeah it seems like for the big giant you know cataclysmic events like it seems like they really tapped out of ideas for what to do they're just just drop something on them, or big ball of energy, yeah. or no? Yeah, know. apparently, like once a once a movie passes a certain um, budget, uh, they have to have that kind of thing. That's like right. a Hollywood yeah. rule. Yeah, yeah, I think I talked about that a couple episodes ago. Yeah, like the, that was yeah. Yeah. writers from Deadpool were saying like they want their smaller budget because it allows them to tell more personal stories. Because yeah. if they reach a hundred million, then it's like, well, the world has to be in danger. Oh, yeah. I, thought, yeah. I I don't know why, but because, yeah. but that's a, sort of like a unspoken mandate from a lot of studios, where it's like, no, I'd like to see like a more personal hundred million dollar story. Like Hell you can yeah. do some interesting stuff. Like a lot of my favorite movies were like you know, Dread or uh, The oh, Raid yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. where it's like a very almost like a bottle episode sense of kind of a movie where it's in a enclosed location, but you can still do a lot of interesting stuff. It's like give those people more money to be able to like do a lot with that yeah it seems like it, it just seems lazy you know it just seems like everybody would be afraid of buildings falling on their house you know and <laughs> i don't know it just seems like a really base like kind of obvious kind of thing that they do and i think kevin smith said something about um what was his name uh the producer of the batman movies when he met with him to do the the death of superman or whatever that was um and they were talking about how he's got to have a giant mechanical spider in the yeah. third act or whatever <laughs> and it seems like it's that same thing or like if you ever saw the gi joe films which which are a guilty pleasure for me i would never recommend <laughs> them to anybody but i did enjoy both of the gi joe films anyway mm-hmm. they both had that kind of thing at the end where it's just like a giant electricity just like incinerating the some city and it's you know to me that is just like the clone army or the droids from the prequels it's so disposable like it's i'm so far from the action and all i'm really seeing is is a video game cutscene so it's like who cares yeah. At that first, the, the the first Independence Day though, I I don't know if it was my age or what, but that was the first blockbuster I remember. Mm-hmm. I'd probably seen big movies before that, but like I remember walking out of the theater and seeing like a huge line to to see for you know, for the next people to see it, and that was my first time realizing like what a blockbuster was. I think yeah. that might have been around the time that that was became a a term that and like popcorn summer movie. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a term when like Jaws and shit came out in the seventies. Jaws was technically like the first, but like yeah, that around that time was when those movies started like uh, really blowing up. No pun intended. (laughs) But it's like, (laughs) oh, you meant it. Yeah, yeah. I had a decent uh, PS one game as well. What movie? Independence Day. Oh, oh, I remember that. One of the. 
It wasn't bad, man. I remember it was like it was a flight simulator where you fought aliens, basically. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. It was uh, fun. So it was tight. Yeah. Um, but the, back then too, the 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 action figures and the games and stuff, and the marketing that went along with Independence Day, the the first one came out. It was yeah. uh, it was right around when the World Wide Web was becoming, uh, or it was just coming out of the super the information super highway, uh, and just becoming the internet basically. And I remember the if you bought toys or whatever, they came with like CD-ROMs that connected to the website, and there was all these. Yes, like, I remember that. Decode yeah. the alien language and shit like that, and I was like, it it felt so immersive. So when you were when they were fighting those aliens and fucking Harry Connick Jr. dies and. You know, pull up, pull up, and tell my yeah. kids I love them. You know, like all that shit. Yeah, it was like, yeah, this yeah. is a real like, we are really fighting for the fate of the world right now. I Plus felt that speech, man, from uh, Bill yeah, Pullman, right? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, God, that was the best thing ever <laughs> yeah. when you were twelve, especially. Oh yeah. I remember, like, again, I was, I think, I was like twelve or so when I saw this, and when the alien, when they asked the alien, like, what do you want us to do, and he just says. He just goes, die. And I remember I remember in the theater, I was like, <gasps> oh, my God. Hell no. Hell no. I love do you that. Think, do you think the aliens updated from a DOS-compatible format? Right. <laughs> no, they better not. That's the thing. Even as a kid, I was like, are you fucking serious? Are you fucking serious? I didn't even think about it. Internet. Do they still have a yeah. cold? What if in this movie they have to downgrade to, uh... <laughs> Anybody have a floppy? Yeah, right. <laughs> we gotta destroy these guys. What if it's just, like, so self-aware of what that it would, is? Uh, yeah. I think, I think it would have to be... You know, knock some dust off an of old, like, CPU. <laughs> some shit. Yeah. Floppy and it's like it, yeah. it's gotta it's gotta compete in some way with that kind of self-referential knows what it is kind of stuff that the force awakens was doing in terms of paying homage to yeah. the older movies which i actually i watched that again yesterday and i really enjoy like they're kind of corny but it's like it's star wars so that you really enjoy those little moments but it oh, seems yeah. like they, they are a bit self-aware because they're saying like they like to go for the landmarks there was like that line in the trailer. Right, yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is like I feel like this one almost has to be it. Like I would, I would feel more entertained if it just did. Maybe it it does seem like they're they're not taking it too too seriously. Right. So I, I mean, like when I I watched the trailer like a minute ago, like I you know I, I I the only thing I could think was like this could be a lot worse. Right. It really yeah. could. This it could be could. real bad. Yeah. But it's not. So I'm I'm you know what I'm happy. I'll see it. Yeah. They got my money. Yeah, definitely. It's the it's the second half of the trailer for me, I think, where it really starts going off the rails. Really, when Will Smith's supposed son comes on, I was just like, "What? Like how he can't? He's no Captain Stephen Hiller to begin with." And, yeah. I, and I I feel I mean he probably won't have quite as prominent role up against Jeff Goldblum or even uh, Liam Hemsworth, but um, yeah, is he the main character in this? Like you can't really get that's a vibe. That's what I'm for... guessing. That the love story between him and the president's daughter seems really contrived for sake of plot points to me. Yeah. Um, but fucking, I'm in it for Jeff Goldblum to be completely <laughs> And I yeah. met Bill. I met Bill Pullman one time at the Denver Film Festival, and the only thing I said to him was like, "Fucking, thank you, Mr. President." <laughs> <laughs> Great speech, bro. <laughs> I'm still moved. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, so what's next? You got Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones, baby. Wait, is this we're talking about the new episode? 
No, no, we okay. No, no, so just like predictions. Um, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, predictions. Because as of the time of this recording, just for the listener, we are recording like right when the new episode of this new season. What is this? Season oh, six. Season God. six. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it is, like it is, it's airing now, I guess. Airing so, now on the East Coast. Yeah. So we yeah. are doing predictions right now for season six. Uh, anybody got any like big predictions other than Jon Snow's alive? <clears throat> so people oh, are gonna shit. die. <laughs> oh shit i got nothing <laughs> uh, i think we're gonna find out that this entire story is told from Tyrion's perspective uh-oh yeah this motherfucker's gonna rule yeah, yeah that's gonna be interesting yeah. um, i'm just excited to get some more broad story yeah i felt like what season four when like it's like oh cool there yeah. seems to be a little more fantasy and like just some more magic stuff going well, on we're running out of starks man yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. And, yeah. and he and so far, like between him and him and Arya, they possessing these kind of abilities, and not seeing that from many of the other characters, other than like Melisandre, who's like a witch, or you know, yeah, like already, yeah. They seem to have like innate abilities, and then you got um, Khaleesi, who she just has this way with everyone around her. She just has a way with things. So once the forces of good basically are are all connected against the forces of evil then things are gonna but then i guess what this show starts to do is really turn that on its head um because i feel like the death of Jon snow really has a lot to do with like running a running theme throughout game of thrones there's a there's a moment when you i think you can tell when somebody's about to die they make a decision of some kind that is just it really kind of changes the direction of their fate in some way um Pretty much every character uh, who has died up until this point has had this kind of moment, and Jon Snow, I think, had that with. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, he has a moment where he makes a decision. I forget exactly what it is. Well, it just allows the Northerners yeah. to go through. Yeah, and that's that, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, and oh no, what it is is when he executes the guy to to command his to command the Night's Watch when he executes oh, yeah. that dude, and they paint that guy when he's like, I don't want to die, I don't want to die, you know. Because up until that point, we've seen nothing but like compassion and goodness from Jon Snow, and I think when you're you're thinking about where his character could have gone from them, him being like this hero character, and then he like cuts that dude's head off to make a point about him being the leader of the Night's Watch. I think that, in in my opinion, from my perspective, is that kind of trope, that theme that's running through about like maybe these decisions that alter the fate of these characters. Yeah, Jano um, Slint needed to go anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. And that's the thing. That's why the show is so good, though, because it paints the picture on all sides, mm-hmm. and and you never really know how good somebody is up until it comes down to that one decision kind of thing. Um, this thing with you know, like think about how you thought about Tyrion at the beginning of the series to where he is now. Um, you know, they've just done such a good job. What's his name? David Benioff. Yeah. That dude is and DB Weiss, they, yeah. Yeah, DB Weiss, yeah. They've done such a good job with interpreting those novels. I've read uh, like half of the first book. Um, sorry, I'm not a super fan. I wish I was. They're fucking, they're long. They make me sleepy. They are. <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm. but I think you know, just the way you know, there are times that I'm like watching Game of Thrones, and I'm just like, in the back, somewhere deep in my mind, I'm just like. This it seems so realistic. It seems like it is history. I remember when Snoop Dogg had that fucking tweet a while back where he was just like, "I watch Game of Thrones because 
you know, I like to know how our historical side of things went down or some shit like that. It's like, <laughs> so Snoop believes that dragons are real. Anyway. Um, <laughs> That's me great. too, Snoop. I'm, me I'm, too. I'm, I'm so excited <laughs> for this season. Uh, like as soon as we get off of here, I'm going to go about ways I might procure this episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, so like in the books, like, you know, uh, we ha- we're, I guess we're getting back to Bran this season. And um, so far, like in the books, like I sort of know what's going to happen with Bran for like maybe the first, second episode. And then it's like, you know, and then basically into new territory. Don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I, I think Jon Snow himself uh probably the body of Jon Snow is dead I don't think uh his consciousness um is I feel like because I've read a lot of theories since I've been reading the books it's been years um it's like you know he's probably going to be called um Melisandre is going to bring him back as the uh uh light bringer um I believe is the Azora High the uh I guess you know sort of uh, his character from the the her uh cult her mythology mythology yeah, yeah. yeah. um so i kind of think that's probably where it's going to go um you, you know that john, john snow still has like he has like one like i remember it still gets me and i'm sure it probably hits a lot of people but first second episode uh ned stark's going to tell john snow is like one day i'll tell you who your parents are i'll tell you about your mother right um yeah. and i'm still waiting for that moment somehow it's gonna. I feel like it's gonna work somehow. I, obviously, Ned's dead, um, so I'm probably, they, we'll want to uh, see how they do that. How they how that happens. You know, if you think about it. Sorry, I don't mean to jump in there again. Oh, but you know, if you, you think about it, they have many options. Um, I personally don't think that we'll see the physical Jon Snow either. Uh, but they have presented many options in terms of bringing characters back. There's that right. one. There's that one character in see the beginning of season three. I think it is. He's like a. He, Bar- he he's Bar- gone. Barian. Yeah, the fiery sword and everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, that the moment I got hooked. By the way, that was the moment mm-hmm. that I knew forever I would love it. But um uh, you know that, and then they have like the White Walker scenario where he could possibly become like this vengeful force to accompany the White Walkers as they come and wipe out humanity. Yeah. Um, yeah. and yeah, and also. Yeah, and and also like Melisandre, and then also what they've done with the mountain as well—that that that weird alchemist dude, how he's brought him back to some sort of life or whatever. Yeah, Sir Robert the Strong. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, one interesting like fan theory I heard recently was with Jon Snow as you were talking about like that meeting of oh I'll tell you about who your mother is. Uh, current fan theory is he's actually related to Khaleesi. In which, like, uh, Ned lied about having him as a bastard son. That was actually right. his sister's son. Yeah, it was Lyanna because... Stark and uh, Rhaegar Targaryen. Yeah, and so, like, yeah. he just lied to kind of protect him, even yeah. lying to his own wife, who thought, like, he had an affair, but in order to, like, keep him safe. But yet, like, so that's, like, currently a lot of, uh, like, fan theories. So R, R plus K equals J. That's the whole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I'm super excited to see where it goes. Um, so as far as like you know, somebody who's read all the books, um, I'm. I mean, obviously this is going to happen whether I want it to or not. But like, I'm totally cool with the the show coming out 
without the books. You know, even though the books will come out in the future, um, maybe you know we'll get like a, we'll get uh, two endings. You know, I think it'll kind of it'll go along the same path, but of course, like the books will probably you know more uh, descriptive and uh, you know see a few more plot points. But yeah, I'm just I'm interested to see where it goes and pretty excited. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully we'll learn their names by now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Such a hard time learning their names for some reason. Who, who all yeah. here has read all the books? Is it just me? Yeah, I, I have. So. Probably. Yeah, I read the first one and then half of the second one. And when I was reading them, they're like, he's old. He's not going to make it. He won't make it to the last book. And I was like, I'm not going to read a fucking series of books. So this guy might not even finish. Yeah. Because <laughs> that just seems like a waste of time to me. Because I don't really like when like other people take over like the mantle or whatever to finish a book. I, I, I feel like you lose a lot of the author, even if they like stood beside that person every day. It's, it's not the same, you know? Of course, yeah. I can't imagine what it was like for the people who read like the Robert Jordan books. Like, There's like 15 or 16 of those motherfuckers, so... Then he died, and then another guy had to finish like the last two. So yeah. I, I don't know. I have a problem with a lot of books now being a big series of things. I just kind of miss the novel where you can just sit down and read it, and then maybe in like five, six years, there's like a, a pseudo sequel to it where it features like the same character doing something different. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but that's just like my gripe, like working in a bookstore and seeing like how much of this stuff comes out all the time, and it's like how many like books are like game of thrones and they're like they're already into like you know the fifth or sixth one and i don't know just kind of that yeah. and they don't want to finish them either they yeah, want to keep them going because they have you know readers hooked so they you know obviously want to keep milking them for that where it's like you know i have like a full complete story it's like sort of why i always hate whenever you know adaptations of books into films like the last two are always split it's because the studio doesn't want it to fucking end Oh yeah, like yeah, they, yeah. In the trilogy, like uh, the Hunger Games and uh, yeah. like Harry Potter. Yeah. Shit, even this the, the Hobbit se- would split into three films when it could have been one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah no <laughs> two two films would have been fine. Yeah, I would have been fine with two. I I, yeah. I liked two. Um, that looks yeah. like two hundred pages long. When they said three, like the like, the you know that's like fucking thirty pages. The last movie, you know yeah. that's, that's you got it. Maybe less. Maybe less yeah. than thirty pages. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was bummed out about the third movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, the the Hobbit films definitely didn't have like that the feel of like the Lord of the Rings for me. Yeah. I just kind of watched them just to see them and kind of, you know, because yeah, I read that I, I read that book in high school, so kind of trying to re uh, to see that story again was kind of cool. But yeah, yeah they very like I mean they're, they're two different like styles of book, both you know. Yeah. Uh, so I, I felt like that Hobbit definitely didn't capture the the kind of fun, you know. Uh, I think they definitely went more Lord of the Rings sort of darker tone. Yeah. Um, I like I like what all the story elements they told, like bringing in like the appendices and sort of like, hey, what 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 was Gandalf up to at that time? But yeah, it didn't necessarily need to be three movies. Um, yeah. It got very very CGI heavy. Uh, yeah. In the third one. Martin Freeman, though he, I, th- I felt like he really delivered on his. Goal. Oh, he definitely did. He yeah. he killed it, man. He he's like good. he's like the fucking uh, he's like Ewan McGregor's Obi Wan. You know what I mean? It's just like there's like him and Gandalf. You know, like there's little saving graces here and there. Yeah, like uh, Martin Freeman like fidgets a lot. Like all those little yeah. movements that he does are great. Yeah. 
He's amazing. It'll be cool to see how he plays out in the Civil War. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot about those, that. Those side characters, you know. God. Speaking of, um, just to get off track real quick, uh, speaking of, like, Maddie, you're talking about, like, uh, Game of Thrones and series that authors come out and don't finish them and, you know, maybe never will be able to finish them. Um, so a new Berserk trailer came out. Uh this oh, cool. week for a new animation that I think is going to like continue after the original uh, mm -hmm. anime that came out years ago and just kind of stopped. So maybe this will be like season two. Um, the I'm still re I'm reading the manga now and they're probably like I think they're like 343 issues, and yeah. the the artist slash writer um, like he probably comes out with maybe three issues a year. And so, like, it just, like, yeah. slowly, it's, like, dragging along. And, I mean, his artwork's great, and, you know, it, it takes him a while. But, yeah, it's just one of those things, like, I don't know where to, where it's going to go, if it's ever going to end. Um, yeah. You know, I, I love like it. I think it's fucking fantastic. But, you know, it's one of those things I may never see end. Yeah, I, I don't I, – I just – a lot of it bugs me. Uh, I was reading this uh, comic called Jupiter's Legacy by uh, – Yeah, Mark Millar. Mark Millar and Frank Wiley, because I love his artwork, man. I just think it's just yeah. weird and just like when he did All Star Wiley. Superman, it Wiley wasn't like a shit. Superman. Yeah, um, like but uh, that, he... that's another comic that I was like, just finish it, man. Just like get it fucking done. Like I need to know how this ends. And I don't know if I'll ever, <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever get the end of that comic because I haven't had one and it's probably been a year. No, you okay? So here's what happened. So you got Ju Jupiter's Legacy, which had I think four or five issues. Then yeah. he's been doing Jupiter's Circle, which is about the parents in like the 50s and 60s being super. Yeah, agreed. It's, <laughs> it, it, I don't think it's needed, but I'm glad to know that. I only picked up the first issue and it was so great. But if there's yeah. time to wait on it, then I ain't gonna stress on it because yeah. So <laughs> anyway, so here's where, where I'm getting at. So that he did the one little series of Jupiter's Legacy. Then he did two uh, six-issue series, I think, of Jupiter's Circle. Uh, yeah. Which is again about the parents. Now he's going back with Quietly to do another Jupiter's Legacy. So what, to finish up the Jupiter's Legacy. Yeah, I guess oh. it's to finish, or at it's least about another, fucking time. Or at least do like another six-issue series. But yeah, he's he's going back to it. So they're going to tell another story or finish it. Um, yeah, because the last issue I got, there wasn't really any kind of conclusion. It's yeah. I think the last one I read was like when the two parents get killed and really oh, man, by that was brutal. Dude, that and his artwork's so great, and yeah. I, I kind of just gave him, like, I was like, all right, this artwork's really cool. It might take you a while to get this done, and you're a pretty, like, in-demand artist right now. So, you know, whatever, I'll wait. And then after, like, it's probably been a year since I've read a cop, one of those. Hmm. It's just, I don't know, man. It's I get people got stuff to do and whatever, but if you're going to start something, just finish it, you know. Or I, I feel like a lot of, like, with Game of Thrones – for the books anyway, I feel like because I I know like by the time you get to the fourth book, he adds a bunch of new characters. Yeah, he kind of like, he kind of does every book. He kind of brings yeah. you like a, a a new sort of uh, family or character, or whatever kind of pops up. You know why? You know why I started reading Game of Thrones and watching the show for the fucking Starks, man. I yeah. want to know what <laughs> happened to them. I don't give a shit about anyone else. I mean, I like Khaleesi and you know. Uh, but that 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 uh, core group of people are who I really care about. Right. Yeah. Right. I want to well, see their really stories. Their story. 
Yeah, I don't care about, like, I mean, cool, throw them in there, but I don't really care about a lot of the side shit that goes on in the books or the uh, the show. It's, I, I just want to see, like, that's why I was so upset when, like, Bran wasn't in, like, all of the last season. I was like, there's not even a, you could give me just a little, just just see what he's up to. Just, just a little hint, just come on, just a little look, you know, like, what's he doing with that weird tree thing? Come on. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, you guys know me, I like all that, the weirder stuff. And mm-hmm. I feel I would just like I haven't really like got it in Game of Thrones in a while, so I'm excited for the new season for that. Also, another complaint: not enough direwolf action. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> some of the fucking greatest moments in the book are like direwolves saving the fucking day and ripping someone's heart out. You yeah. know, it's like I don't know. Like we can get some cool dragons, but I want to see some giant ass wolves. Fuck some. Yeah, I mean, we know. Sorry, Real quick, I just want to see him like hang out in the background. Like you usually don't see him ever until it's an action shot dude, for them. You know, dude, where was Ghost at when Jon Snow was getting stabbed? Right? Come on, Ghost. Where you at? <laughs> that was exactly the same. If, there, if, there's one, if there's one thing I know about Ghost, he doesn't let anybody fuck with Jon Snow. Yeah. <laughs> I got to read the rest of these books. Fuck, what if he wargs into snow? Oh shit. Yeah. I mean, like, was Ghost just, like, gonna be okay if he turns into fucking zombie Jon Snow? I wouldn't be. If I was a dog, I'd be like, fuck that shit. Hey, the Jon Snow I know. <laughs> like, who's gonna take over Ghost? Is Ghost just gonna be, like, on his own and then we just won't get a story? He just won't show up? Oh, I don't know, man. I have, like, yeah. a little pop figure of Ghost because he's, like, my favorite, like, character yeah, uh, yeah from the books yeah. i always thought he was really cool and uh I love this. just the stuff that him and john snow did i felt like they had a really good relationship yeah. uh but uh I, I miss a lot of that because there's a lot of really cool like uh in the first season when or first or second when uh oh god the oldest son leads that army into yeah. like the fog yeah and then uh, his uh dire wolf like fucking saves the foot like saves him from getting killed and I was yeah. like, oh, I can't wait to see this battle go down and, like, they're going to CG some wolf. It might look shitty, but just to, like, have it, it would be cool, you know? Like, like little glimpses, and then they're like, then the battle's over, and it's just like, yeah. man, you know, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I don't know, man. I, I get really tired of just seeing, like, the wolves in the background. And maybe it's, like, a minor complaint, but I just think they're cool characters, and I don't think Martin would have put them in the books if they were supposed to just be just something that you saw in the background like i right, feel like right. in the books yeah. there's like they have their what i've read of the books they have a presence and because they're dire wolves and haven't existed for as long as dragons has there's a you know there's a there's a significance there what it's going to be i don't know but they love to kill them off though man it's kind of sad yeah like, yeah puppies get killed yeah, yeah. <laughs> i want to know what uh nymeria is up to Arius. Yeah. uh Wolf in the books. In the books, she has the she has wolf dreams, and so they don't really show this in the in the show. But usually, like uh, Star, uh, Bran, you know, all the Stark children have like these little wolf dreams. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And so that they they they're fucking cool. They kind of when they go to they they go to sleep, they kind of like they almost sort of like unconsciously warg into the into the uh, wolf and kind of see what they're doing at night, whether it's hunting or drinking water from a, a lake or something. Cool. Um, but yeah, just kind of. So you see, like, not Arya's start or Arya's um, wolf out there with like he gets his own little pack of wolves as well. So they're like they're like a little gang running around. Yeah, um, definitely cool. interested in seeing like we you know what Nymeria's up to like when we're gonna when we're gonna find that. Yeah, and uh, I think in maybe the second book or there's a part where the her direwolf shows up and kind of saves saves the day at one point, right? Isn't there? 
Um, say it one more time. What, wasn't there a part in one of the books where, like, she thought her direwolf was around or sees him in the background and, like, kind of scares off this kind of small situation that happens with Arya in the books? I think so, yeah. I think, like, I think of, it's in the second one. Like, Yeah, she's kind of, like, around somewhere and maybe maybe sees her Nymeria in, like, the far distance. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But I remember there being something, like, she, there was a big thing about to happen and then, like, some guys hear, like, wolves or something and come back and talk about how big one of them was or something and it like kind of allows Arya and like her little band of like the 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 those boys she traveled with in like the second season. Yeah. There's a moment in that where I think her direwolf show, shows up and like kind of averts what's going to happen to her mm -hmm. uh, or something and I, I I don't know. I really miss those moments. I really like those moments in the book just uh, I don't know cuz you know if you've ever had a dog you've had those like bonding moments with your dog. Yeah. And I felt like that's what he was kind of doing with the direwolves, and I feel like he really missed that in the show. But, man, those dragons do look fucking cool, though. Oh, yeah. They're doing a good job with those. I like yeah, it. dude. Who do you guys want to win, like, become, like, the, the Game of guy? Thrones? Yeah, yeah it's dragons. Game of I, like, I, don't, I don't really think about that very often. I'm, like, I'm off on these, like, other, like, oh, man, I hope this happens. hope that happens. I don't know. Um... Seems like it might be Tyrion by accident, or could be. No, everyone's gonna die at the end of it's the show. It's too obvious. The White Walkers will just come back. Yeah, yeah. it's I'm the White Walkers, or I'm just rooting for the dragons and the direwolves to join forces and take over. Yeah, Speaking based on that, no more humans. <laughs> Sweet, I watch a show about dragons and fucking wolves all day long. Maybe this is just wishful thinking on my part, man. But that wall has to come down. Oh the yeah, wall's yeah, gotta yeah. Come down. Whether dragons come and fucking burn it down. Or the White Walkers do something. I feel like the wall has to come down. Like the 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 North has to meet the South, you know, because yeah. nobody nobody believes in the the Walkers, you know, and like King's Landing and everywhere else. But up in the North, they're very much alive. Mm -hmm. um, and I just want to see that like realization of oh fuck, you know, mm. us like warring around like I'm going to be king. I'm going to be king. You know, like that means dick. <laughs> so we can all say we're really excited about Game of Thrones and we're, yeah. we all need to go and watch the new episode yes indeed I, I think the thing that I hate about it is like I'll watch one and I'll be like oh man that was awesome because most of the time when I watch Game of Thrones I've just like I have like the like I have the whole season so I just binge it yeah uh, and I think last season I watched it like episode for episode and I was like man this is taking so long for me to get through this. I just need stuff to happen. I can't, like, it's really hard for me to watch TV shows, like, when they air. Uh, just... You like to binge it? No, yeah. dude, it's the best way. I'm binging. I, I never finished the series Fringe, and I've been watching that. And oh, it's Fringe? It's a fucking oh, yeah. show. What, now, yeah, that's good. We're, so we're talking about Fringe. How do you, like, I watched it from day one. I've been watching yeah. it. Um, and there's a turning point where the show just kind of, I don't know. What do you guys think? Like it, it, it sort of swift shifts tones. Oh, I haven't. I'm only on like halfway through second season, so. Okay. And I've seen a lot of that. I think I also did the same thing when it came out. I just started watching it because mm -hmm. I remember a lot of them, but I don't know why I stopped. But I just was like needed something new to watch and. Yeah, I want to hear about like, it. I want to hear about it, man. James, you have you yeah. watched them all, James? Yeah, I've watched the entire series okay, all the so, way through from yeah, we won't yeah, day it. one. Maddie hasn't seen it, um, but yeah, it's very like X Filesy, like the yeah. first two seasons. It's very, uh, it's awesome. 
that I caught there's a in a glimpse in like the second season or something in an episode where someone is actually watching an episode of the X Files on the TV in one of the rooms they go into investigate. <laughs> and I was like, good. I'm glad you guys know your source material. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's like one of the the I don't know. I feel like J.J. Abrams shows like Lost kind of like burnt out and we were all kind of like that sucked <laughs> you know yeah like i don't really care for lost i will never rewatch it i'm done it's it's, it's dead to me but uh <laughs> i just i don't know why i i felt like watching fringe i was like this is cool i'm really into this and then part of me went what if it has the worst ending ever like lost and i was like don't even start just back out now back out now you'll be okay um but uh yeah i uh I, i'm enjoying it right now yeah, I guess we never had that conversation, Maddie. Uh, yeah. All together, as we used to, we watched Lost back at Super House. Yeah. yeah. We never, I guess, we never talked about how it ended. That was church, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we. If you weren't there, you better be like doing something grand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lost was a big deal at Super House for a while. I remember, yeah. like, at the end of every episode, we'd all be like, "What?" And then everybody <laughs> go outside, half people would smoke and talk about it. Yeah, I remember I started watching season two. I was watching it with you guys, and I hadn't even watched yeah. season one. So you guys were like kind of catching me up. And then I remember binging, I think it was even with Kim, we did it. We watched uh, season one uh, after Superhouse. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we just watched it devolve. I mean, I tell everybody I saw the first two seasons at Superhouse. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, went to Japan and didn't catch the rest. And they're like, well, you saw the best part. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. That's so what everybody tells season me. Season one is probably the best season. Yeah. Did you guys uh, catch the new X-Files? Yeah. Dude, I, dude, the internet didn't seem to like it that much, but I fucking loved it. There is... I watched every episode except the last one. <laughs> dude, it's great. The last one is very similar to the first one. Yeah, so yeah. depending okay. on yeah, how you like that few... one. Those are the two well, main episodes. But and then I, there was that like kind of comedic episode where he's uh, that was, that was the me, best man. one. That the, was uh, so weird for me. I didn't understand it until like maybe like a quarter through the episode. I was like, oh, it's a, this whole thing is like a little just spoof. Yeah, we're talking and about they, the monster they, one with uh yeah. with uh what's his name Kumail Nanjiani. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I uh, I love from, that episode. Man. Uh, Play the Concords, their their manager. I yes, yeah. yeah. Kumail Nanjiani well, has an X Files podcast. Like he, he's a Files. huge. Yeah, he loves X Files. So I think that's partly why he got on there. Oh yeah, because they they were talking about it, like you know, and then then there became this big like uh, campaign to like get the show back on the air. And then I heard like an interview with Jillian Anderson. She's like, yeah, I'd love to do it. You know, we'll talk with David, and then like. Maybe two weeks later, it, I saw it in the news. It's like, X-Files is coming back. I was like, holy shit. That was they did a great <laughs> job, man. I mean, I forgot how much I love that show. I mean, I, I was actually – I went to the comic book store just to see if there were any X-Files comics because I wanted more. There was a season yeah, nine a... they did in comics yeah, and a season they... ten. Exactly. Really? Yeah. Um, and season nine, I didn't get them all, but it was like solid shit, man. Like they oh, did it nice. – they did a sequel to the host where there were multiple hosts. It's that uh, the fluke man, the uh-huh. weird creature, uh, where there were multiples of those. I, I think the thing is, I read a bunch of the comics to like. I was like, I need some X Files in my life, kind of like you are, Andrew, with watching the new show. And some of those ideas were so fucking cool that when I watched the five episodes that I watched, I was like, you guys have squandered what you could have done in six episodes. Mm-hmm. There was like, there I, was a I, oh, there was this article really loved- too about uh sorry maddie uh i'll let you finish i'm sorry oh, you had it you had um, a thought 
you know, I, I, I like I enjoyed like the funny episode that like everyone else did. It's probably my favorite. But I feel like I just kind of missed like like a full season of X Files. Like you definitely had a yeah. couple creature features. You had the alien stuff. You had to like progress their relationship. And I feel like everything was kind of fast forwarded, and then they kind of just throw in a, a cool episode. Yeah. But I, I just didn't really hit for me on like. I, I would love for them to come back and do another one because I, I would I would love to see more of them. I think they are coming back, and yeah, to to do like something in like six episodes, it's got to be tough. So it's like you got to have like a, I feel like a concise story happening if you're yeah. doing like six episodes. So it was definitely jarring when they kind of like. It was only they the jumped first, around. Yeah, only the first and last episode were really the pivotal ones. Like, I like that though. Like there was like there was this article like whenever that comedic one came out, like the next day or so. I forget what it was. Maybe it was Kotaku or something. But they were talking about how like X Files has just proved again that they're masters of episodic television. And I, I like that kind of old school thing where everything's not like this meta arc, like arcing thing throughout the whole season, like. I like that callback to that old shit, and, that, and X-Files is kind of from that era, like the 90s. Yeah. And, and yeah, so, um, for me, I was like, wow, this, this is actually kind of refreshing to see something that's not that. So I was, I was really into it. It became, a, 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 what do you call it, like a procedural almost. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. just like the, the, the meta-narrative, like every show does, I guess it's called a meta-narrative. Mm -hmm. Every show does that now, and like, like... I can't say I'm tired of it. I, I like it, but like it's also good to see like that callback to that old shit. Something different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like Star Trek was like that. Like it, like everything up until Lost basically was like. I think Lost was the game changer. Yeah, for like cable television, I I definitely think it was. And like yeah. Hero, Heroes had come out maybe you know, uh, just after that. Um, probably twenty four as well. Twenty four as well. Yeah, people were loving twenty four. Um, just like I think there's a, there's a certain like um, I don't know classic Hollywood classic there's like a certain art to that that I really appreciate yeah it's like procedurals now you kind of watch and they, they all have like the sort of the same formula yeah um, it's rare you'll get like something like Persons of Interest uh, that's a pretty cool show if you guys haven't watched it uh, I've heard good things yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty rad um but even that still has sort of the same formula as like all the cable procedural TV shows now. So it kind of gets gets a little boring. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of like uh, I start. I read the first volume of I Zombie. Mm -hmm. uh, I really like Mike Allred's artwork. Who did? Uh, oh my God, what is it? What's I think he, I think he's doing Silver Surfer now. I think. Yeah, and he did like Fantastic Friends, which was like kind of the when Fantastic Four got lost and. Um, but what was his big thing like Dead Man? It's not Dead Man. It's a uh, Mad Man. That Mad was Man. His. Okay. Um, but that comic's really cool, and there's like something called a Wear Terrier in it, and I was like really into that comic. It was just kind of strange, weird, fun. I love his artwork. And then when the I Zombie show came out, and it was like a procedural show, like she had to solve a crime every episode. I was like, this. Why would you do this? Like, is it not the, like the comic at all in that sense? Yeah, it, like because the comic is just like this ongoing story of like when you get to the end of volume one, it like this whole thing that's going on kind of like you you meet this character that kind of changes it, and then I haven't read volume two. It basically became but, it, ba it basically became it's the same uh, showrunner. It basically became Veronica Mars part two. Yeah. Yeah, and that's I was kind of excited just because like I, I enjoy Veronica Mars and yeah. the stuff that they got uh, like puts his name on and stuff. 
But I was just like really hoping he would do something a little different that wasn't Veronica Mars or like everything else just with like a zombie. You know, I mean, there is like an overarching thing that's going on in that show, but like every episode is like, who done it? And I was, I just, it's not what I wanted. I was really hoping we'd get like, not like The Walking Dead or, I guess what I wanted was maybe like a, a Breaking Bad kind of thing where you kind of just get like this big story and it keeps going and going and. You know, there are little hints given every now and again. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. Like, but what you guys were saying about, like, everything having to, like, solve something every episode, I just, I don't really get into shows like that most of the time. Like, I think Fringe is the the exception because they do solve something, but there's always something more going on. You always get a new tidbit every episode of, like, the other parallel world or, like, maybe someone's from that parallel, like, you know? Mm-hmm. It's easier but. to kind of watch that kind of stuff more casually, though. Like, a lot of the stuff these days, it's like you got to watch the whole thing. <laughs> and for me, that sometimes is a bit too much. Like, I, uh, I'd yeah, like to cool, just, yeah. like, casually check in here and there. Um, yeah. It's I just, get... like, it's just a lot to chew all of a sudden. Like, if you got to – it's, like, it's just too much sometimes. But that's why I like a lot of the shows like Daredevil or Breaking Bad or – some other shows, like, it's, like, 12, 13 episodes. Like, that's enough you can sit down and, like, watch that in a couple of days and you've got the whole story. I, I love think, those, too. I can't, I, yeah, I like it. I think the thing that, like, kind of bugs me about Fringe is, is like, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm like, episode 12, how many of there are there? And it's, like, 23, and I'm like, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah those so are the rush, man. It's, uh, luckily, I don't think I watch too many shows. Well, I'm the same way with video games too. I'm like, if I hear you can beat a game in a couple of days, I'm like, oh, thank fucking god. <laughs> dude, <laughs> like, dude. I don't want a thousand hours. Yeah, yeah please I, I totally understand just, that. God, just let me just fucking finish this in a couple of days. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just that's just that's, I don't know. Maybe that's that's my personality trait. I don't know. No, I, I think it's it. getting older and having responsibilities. You want to be able to oh, enjoy geez. all these different things. <laughs> yeah, it's like. I mean, I have gotten into a couple RPGs in my in in my time, and I think I love Metroidvania games. That's that, that's the genre name, which which are kind of long sometimes. But like, God, if if somebody says a game is too short, I actually become more interested in that game. I agree. <laughs> yeah, quality I over quantity, man. No, yeah. I mean, but there are some good, solid, like short, fun, playable games, and I just feel like everybody wants the grand theft auto experience or the fallout 4 and i was like that not every game is that yeah like yeah. some games just I'm... deserve to be a good eight to ten hour game yeah i want like if you've ever played like a game called gone home it'll be on playstation 4 soon but it's been on steam that you can beat that in like two hours yeah it's like i i like having that as well as well i as am having... interested uh, <laughs> as well as two having... hours you say yeah as well i have as two hours game, like 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 Dark Souls or something where I can beat it in like 40, 50 hours. It still has a lot of replayability. Um, but yes, yeah, st stuff like, like Skyrim, oh man, that's that's too much for me, I think. And like the grinding thing. Like I've been a gamer my whole life, but I've never understood the grinding thing. Like you just like turn the game into your job and like just to level up. Like maybe yeah. took, everybody took a big hint from World of Warcraft and there's obviously Final an Fantasy. audience there for that. But that's I've just never been that type of gamer. I like for me, like, you know, do like Final Fantasy, that's kinda where I, you know, learned of like grinding. But like I would level up just enough to do what I need to do. 
Like I never yeah, turned yeah, it into yeah. like you'll hear like people spill. I just spent all day grinding. I was like, oh, I can't do that. I gotta progress. Yeah, man. I gotta God. progress, man. I gotta move. I got forward. a job already, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grinding all day at that. Yeah, I know exactly. I gotta come home and fucking work on this shit now. I, I, I like it playing Dark Souls three. Uh, I I will go back and grind a little, but I'm kind of like Joey. What is going on? Who's Somebody doing? like rubbing something. Somebody. Who's doing that? Okay, Who's that was really off? weird. Johnson, you've been quiet. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Sun's up, man. I'm like, I'm in and out. All right. All right. Johnson, you can sign off if you want. Nah, that's cool. All right. <laughs> Sorry if I changed the subject to gaming all of a sudden, but I just thought I'd make that like comparison. Oh, no, that's mm -hmm. fine. Yeah. I, I also I feel like we all have a lot of the same complaints with like uh, there's a time and a place for a long game. I just feel like every game that comes out now has to be super long. It's a big uh, trend, and it's like they it's like an advertising point, like a thousand hours of gameplay, and I'm like, no, I'm not I'm not uh, gonna buy that. I gotta yeah. really like it, uh, the you know the content. Um, what did you guys think? This just kind of this game just came out. Um, I don't know if you've seen trailers or just any sort of uh, idea. Um, but Star Fox, the new Star Fox for like Wii U. Uh, the Star Fox Zero thing. Zero, yeah. Yeah, it looks it looks pretty good. I mean, I don't have a Wii, so I probably won't get it. I mean, the only thing, speaking of Wii, the only thing that's really made me want to buy a Wii is Mario Maker. Yeah, that's the that's I, the that, only that's, thing. That's one thing. Like those like those type of games don't get me at all. Like really? I, yeah, just like like making. A, I'll watch a video of somebody playing it, like you see those like crazy ones on the internet of like just this dude not dying. Yeah. Um, those are fun to watch, but like I don't, I don't want to build my own level. Oh, like, so here's I, the I deal. I want to get the game, so like the level's already built, and I can just play it. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I understand that. I'm, me. I'm in between you and my brother Jordan, so so Jordan, like when he buys the game, all he wants to do is design, and he'll barely play uh, the uh, fan-made levels. Mm -hmm. I will like basically. I'll play, like, 90% play the fan-made levels. Like, okay. I want to see other people's creativity. But I, I do enjoy making the levels a little bit. And part of it's just because it's Mario, bro. Like, if it was if it was something else, I probably wouldn't be as interested. But we've been playing Mario our whole lives. So to mm -hmm. to create, like, your own Mario level, that's something that's, that's really, a, you know, is, I think really cool. It's like the remix age that we're in. Yeah. And plus, it's an excellent thing for Nintendo to do, like to oh, to, to make cool. like a YouTube that's just Mario. Like sure, instead of definitely. uploading your videos, you're uploading your Mario level. That's a great idea. You have idea, like a social, sure. you have like a social media thing infused with Mario. I mean that that shit was just genius. It was, it was fucking it was genius. A, it was a, it was definitely a good step for Nintendo when you when Nintendo's usually not like at the forefront of something uh, new. I mean they yeah. kind of they kind of are. You know they had like the with the the Wii uh, remotes and nunchucks and all that type of stuff, but like it never really took off like probably like Mario Maker has. Mm -hmm. That was huge, man. I I think that was probably I don't know for sure, but it's, that seems to be like their biggest hits in a long time. Yeah. Uh, to my point for for Star Fox, it's like you know I grew up playing them. I didn't play them very much, but I always thought they were kind of cool games. Um, yeah, definitely. For this one, it's like it's like even with Nintendo, it's like it still looks like kind of blocky Star Fox. Like it's still like behind 
you know, they're still kind of behind. We're like, the Zelda Mario games, they've done a good job with, like, keeping, sort of keeping them current. You know, Mario's still Mario, so if you enjoy that, you're going to you're gonna play that. But, like, Zelda, like, they've <laughs> up graphically. They've always changed art styles. You know, they've kind of, same with, like, Metroid, like, whenever it comes out. It's like Metroid, like, the primes looked really good by the time they were coming out. We're like, Star Fox still, even though it's in HD, still seems very clunky and slow and, yeah. you know. They didn't really like change it up, like make sort of like a fast-paced like shooter, which would have been great. It's weird. Like Nintendo, I think, does not see themselves in direct competition with yeah. Sony or Microsoft, so they, definitely they don't, don't have yeah. to be even in the same like graphical level, right? Yeah. Like, cause their their audience is so much younger, and these kids don't care quite as much as us. Yeah. So, so um, and then you know, they're also like. I never got into the Wii that much because I didn't like that controller, man. Like, I mm -hmm. and you gotta like buy a whole other controller and connect it to the nunchuck, and it's sitting on your lap. The uh, like, I don't know. It's just like I didn't. I never. I never liked that thing. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting this E3 about what's going on because there's rumors about their next uh, console coming out the and NX. like announcing, yeah, yeah the NX there and they're saying that it's actually going to be uh, a real big powerhouse and the same too with uh, Sony with their uh, PlayStation 4 point uh, or, the or the 5 or the 4K yeah uh, wasn't there some leak the with, from AMD like the, there was some sort of like leak with AMD processors where well, it showed that like they were going to be pretty powerful well with the uh, I'm not too sure about the specs on the NX but with the uh, the for PlayStation, it's uh, somewhat more powerful, but the way uh, the way that got leaked was it was uh, documents being put out to developers uh, that someone found and put online, explaining their whole process of what they're doing with the system. So there's going to be like a base mode and a Neo mode. Any game starting in October has to have a Neo mode available, in which it takes use of the extra powerhouse, but at the same time. Anything, uh, it has to have a base mode, and the base mode can have a lower frame rate or like certain other things. Like, it still has to be playable, but like maybe the Neo mode can play in 4K or has like uh, full, uh, has to be in like full 1080p. Yeah, they can go below like 1080. Yeah, so it's like kind of interesting what that's what developers are actually going to be able to use with that because they're saying like your base game like there can't be any extra modes in neo mode that aren't in base mode there can't you can't have any extra stuff in there that isn't in the other so it's like kind so it's of... like so it's like uh the, the neo and the playstation 4 have to be basically compatible yeah yeah whereas yeah. like that way anyone would still launch or any of you guys that currently have playstation 4 so you can still play any of the games coming yeah out. Exactly. yeah and it's just that anyone with the newer ones, they'll get maybe uh, like higher frame rate, higher resolution on that, and then also possibly able to play like they they'd even say if they're having the uh, 4K players put in there, maybe you might be able to play 4K movies or things like that. But I, I like, definitely think it should. You would hope so too. Yeah. And then there's the same thing with Microsoft, how they kind of talked about. They might be going, you know, the iPhone route of every couple of years, having a similar, like, gradual step up, similar to kind of what PlayStation is doing with this. So it's like, gonna be interesting 
coming to C3, what they're all saying, that's why I'm also definitely waiting until what they say before I decide on uh, if I get a console anytime soon. Because, yeah, you know, I don't want to get one now and, and then, like, just a couple months down the line be like, oh, wait, now here's this brand new thing coming out. Yeah, that's that's going to be tough because I feel like, um, like, uh, consoles, like, basically at this point, I mean, I know, you know, we've said this, you know, since the beginning of time, it's like, how, how, more powerful can they go? You know, now we're getting like yeah. 4K, and you know, it's like, I don't want to have to buy a system every fucking two years. Like that's ridiculous. Right. Like I feel like, um, like cell phones have progressed so much in the past few years since they've become a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like really became like you know the con- the actual consumer can buy a flip phone. Um, so yeah, I'm just wondering like how that would work, having a system come out like every couple of years. You know, yeah. like what's what's going to be the big difference? You know, I mean, yeah. they're, they're and both not to divide up the market play. because that's a big thing. Like you have a yeah. huge that's... PlayStation Four user base. I mean, they're like the number one system as far as I can tell, as far as consoles are concerned. Yeah, right? Am I right 30, about that, James? They have thirty-five million uh, out right now, compared to I think uh, Xbox only has like maybe around like ten. Like Call of Duty Championships changed from Xbox to yeah, they, PlayStation. Yeah, they switched over. Like it used to be Xbox always got the DLC first like a month early. Then they switched over to PlayStation. Yeah, uh, so especially but, in, in this generation of systems, PlayStation is king. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to divide up their user base like that, they got to – I mean you got to be really careful about that. Yeah, you know? that's what well, – and like that's, those articles are saying though, yeah, that they're, they're not, at least trying to not do that for right now. But like who knows down the line when like – they do the third or fourth PlayStation of this iteration where it's similar to the iPhones where eventually, oh, the launch ones, we're just going to stop supporting that similar to the iPhones. They no longer yeah. support iPhones up to like three and or something. Currently, not that many people have a 4K TV. I mean, right. barely anybody buys Blu-ray. Yeah. I mean, everybody still says I'm, I'm going to go watch a DVD. Like, it's crazy. Like, Blu-ra- Blu-ray has yeah. been out since 2008. No one ever adopted it. Blu-ray is too I, much to say, man. Yeah, I guess so. Like it's, you, it's you just saying like you got it on Blu-ray, but yeah, I'm gonna watch a movie, go watch a DVD. Uh, yeah, Blu-ray never really yeah. caught on as far as like, hey, you know, I'm gonna stream a movie or Netflix, you know. I mean, yeah, we're gonna be in a future. I mean, people are just gonna stream 4K, you know. So I, mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see where it goes, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Joey, do you have a 4K TV? Uh, no. But I <laughs> hope to have one within a year from now. Okay, yeah. That's definitely my plan. Uh, Ultra HD, 4K, like that whole thing. Uh, I my think TV, that'll mainly be great for gaming. Yeah, my TV as we speak uh, is busted um, <laughs> at my home. <laughs> I luckily, luckily, we're able to borrow friends who's who's been out of town for a long time, so we got to kind of hang on to hers. Um, but yeah, once I get back from Cleveland, I got to see about getting that fixed. If it if it's busted, then well, it's uh, 4K time. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> like you know, and I know 3D never caught on, and I always kind of wanted it to. Um, I think I think it definitely has like maybe just a small market, but like mm-hmm. my TV and like which I, I think is good. They don't really say that they're 3D TVs, but they have the capability in there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like yeah. down at the bottom left. It's like, hey, 3D as well as all this other stuff. Uh, but I think it's cool. You know, I got a couple games I want to try like on 3D, and you know, I think it'd be fun. Well, I actually have to head out, you guys. All right, James. All right, James. You guys have a good one. We'll talk Game of Thrones next week.
We yeah, will. Yeah, uh, yeah. See you guys. See ya. Better. You guys ready to about wrap it up? We're past the three hour mark, I think. Jeez. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Holy shit. We can yeah. continue talking, but uh, I think. Uh, yeah, we can stop the recording, sure. We can stop the recording. Um, all right, so let's do it. <clears throat> Thank you, everybody, for watching or watching for listening to episode 11 of the Superhouse podcast um you can catch us on facebook at facebook.com slash superhouse podcast on twitter at twitter.com slash superhouse pod you can email us at superhousepodcast at gmail.com and we have a youtube that's sort of in the works but there's nothing really there yet um and i think that's about it for now I have been Andrew from Los Angeles. Joey uh, from Cleveland. Maddie. Stefan from Denver. Okay, Stefan. <laughs> Maddie from Cincinnati. Uh, R.I.P. Prince. Oh, yes. Uh, R.I.P. Prince. Oh, yes. Yeah. Johnson. Uh, Johnson from Riga. That's in Latvia. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I, I want this to happen every time. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. do it every time. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll catch you later, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.